drawing feet. I don't, I don't dislike feet, but it's not. Yeah. It's, nope. But I'm not like, it's not my thing either. No, no. no. It's not like I see a woman take socks off. I'm like, oh my God, look. At, oh my God. Would you look at the fucking been, Achilles heel on that? I've been traumatized by feet. I don't like them at all. Were you, did you used to do shoe cocky? Which, you know, that's when you, you have a... I've, I wanted to start the show off on a high note, so that's when you yeah, get welcome it. to the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for coming back, Nicole. You're welcome. It's been a year. So the you know shoe cocky is when you know you get a group of dudes in a circle together, and you got a girl kneeling, and then they just take off their shoes and throw it right at her face. Not quite. Okay. Not quite. I'm not into shoe cocky either. So. No, this goes back to when I was in beauty school. And you have to learn like just about every area. And one of the things I hated was nails. Hated nails, but had to do it. So I'm in there and, you know, doing like pedicures and a lot of, because we do it for cheap, old people would come in, you know. So this old man comes in. Oh God. Yeah. He has some sexy feet on him. I knew where this is. Lovely. <laughs> they were just, I couldn't control myself. But, um, no, he puts his feet up and like his toenails are like so long and thick and yellow. I'm talking about like thick. Mm. And I got to sit here and like, you know, shave him down and clip him and whatnot. And I'm already just kind of like frustrated about this. So I'm sitting there like clipping it and I get to his big toenail and I get so hard. But when I finally get it off, the nail comes up and hits me right here in the corner of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to just kind of get up and, you know, leave, but I had to compose myself and continue this old man's pedicure. And, I mean, you know, I, I did a good deed that day, but no. <laughs> we don't do feet. I was like, I'm, this is not going to be my That kind of made my skin crawl a little bit. Uh-huh. I wonder if somebody's into like toenail fetish as God, well. I hope not. I'm Probably. sure. I'm sure it exists. But I'm not going to Google it. There's, I think it was a, a Dr. Andrew Huberman, like a, a podcast personality or something. But he was talking about. Um, I may have them backwards, but like a, a, a fetish and a kink, and that one of them is like you literally cannot even get like full arousal or climax without the thing involved mm. that one of them is like a, like a fascination you know like like bdsm type mm. you know like like oh me and the hubby have a dungeon in the bedroom oh my god <laughs> <laughs> when harold comes back home after those long trips out to sea i'm mighty happy to have him come back so one of them you just like and one of them you have to have yeah like one of them is like a, a, an imperative, mm. right? So I guess you could argue that there is a maybe a mental disorder or something mm. attached to that. Um, maybe not. You know, I mean, I'm a fucking idiot, so what do I know? But um, that, yeah, like, I kind of start thinking about, like, thank God I'm vanilla, right? Because right. Like, <laughs> I, there was even um, I'm a red blood. Well, American I mean, you do government. have like those weird cases where people who are like attracted to these inanimate objects and stuff like. What you mean, like, like toys? Like fences? Oh hell no! I get threatened. Think about that. You see how big them motherfucking dildos are nowadays? You want to bring that into the bedroom and it it moves back and forth, vibrates? Oh hell, that is from Lucifer himself. It I tell you, sure, Lilith manifest. Sure I thought you just meant like waifu pillows. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, levity aside, no. Some of the some of the stuff where it's like, what was it? It was like an old like Mari or Doctor Phil or something, mm -hmm. and it was like, like a vegetable. It was like a squash or like a cucumber or something. And this woman was just like, 
I mean, I just, I can't help myself sometimes. Just goes in the grocery store and just like lightly strokes That's the like, produce. Ma'am, you have to buy the fruit first before you do that, please. <laughs> no, ma'am, it doesn't matter if you've taken your dentures out. You have to buy the fruit first. Making everybody uncomfortable. Oh, I'm really good at that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's okay, though, but... No. To fondle the... No, not that. No, making people uncomfortable, but it depends on the topic and the conversation. I, I mean, some yeah, if if you can make a room uncomfortable, but make like three people laugh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like wholeheartedly out of that, worth it. Worth it. Worth it. That's why they don't invite me to political rallies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, not only do we not know whose side this guy's on, but he's cringy as fuck sometimes. And then they start thinking, oh, maybe he's on our side. No! Yeah, and it depends on where you're Look at. Around. Yeah. Like, oh, let's talk about s safe stuff. What's What you guys think about abortion? <laughs> <and> vaccines? <laughs> How about Jesus? Hmm? Hmm. Muhammad, more your style? How about, what about trans rights? Huh? <laughs> it's a real problem with the libraries nowadays, you know. It's, you got fucking, nobody wants to go to a library to read books. They want to go there to fucking protest. Like, like maybe. Oh. What? <laughs> what did I miss? Yeah, the, uh, the drag, drag queens. queens. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. It took me a second, too. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, sorry, we're all over the place starting off. That should be the name of this show. Oh. <laughs> Just apologize. Sorry. <laughs> Episode 72, 73. Sorry again. <laughs> the sequel. Oh, mercy. So what do you think of the kind of, I guess it's just a few days now, but the stuff with uh, January 6th with uh, yeah. the, the, the QAnon shaman apparently, uh, well, it looks to be like getting an escort from, uh, from police at the Capitol rather than leading a violent insurrection. It kind of seems like there's videotape contradicting that a little bit. My co-worker who keeps me up to date on the news that um, I see at 5.30 every morning, it's like, did you hear what's on Fox News last night? <laughs> I'm like, no. What was it? Was the election stolen again? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh well, well, Tucker Carlson <coughs> showing this video of January 6th protesters being led around like it was a tour uh, in the Capitol on January 6th. And I'm, and I'm just like, well, I mean, anybody who paid attention to that from the beginning, like knew that they were just mm -hmm. let in and I didn't, and I, I didn't think about it again. Right. And then later that evening, I like saw the actual video and I was like, Oh damn, this is like pretty damning shit. You know, it's like literally just walking around like with the cops, just like, well, and then this is Nancy Pelosi's desk. <laughs> <laughs> There's at one point, they come around the corner and there's like six other cops and you figure like, oh, well, if they're like, maybe they're escorting him out mm. or something. You know, it's like after the fact where they're like, hey, you guys can't be in here. Get the fuck out of here. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't it doesn't look like that at all. It kind of looks like that he's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, like you said, I, th I think if. If you're kind of like sort of watching alternative media since then anyway, it's not like a, a big shock or anything, but the the fact that it's 
It's got people in Washington up in arms because it's on Fox News, mm -hmm. right? And I think that because it's on Fox News, most people aren't going to think twice about it. Which I mean, they got the reasons. Like, not can you to. blame them? Though, you know? No, because I don't like corporate media. Right. You know, but I'm I'm of the opinion that I I think they're they're just as crooked and stupid as uh, the left wing uh, corporate media. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, well, I mean, it all feels scripted anyway. I mean, what was it? I saw the other day. Um, it was a video of Russell Brand when he went on the Morning Joe show or MSNBC, MSNBC and basically just kind of like blew them out of the water. You know, like, you know, because he, he was like, you know, trying to get them asked, like, you know, these real questions and, you know, they didn't even really know what their job was. And he wanted to talk about like um, Edward Snowden and like Julian Assange and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, you guys need to actually do your job. And then um, I guess either later that night or sometime later, he went on Bill Maher with the... It was a couple of years like that. Okay. The Morning Joe show was, I think, 2018 or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And the Bill Maher show was like past two weeks mm -hmm. but I mean it's just it's interesting because like I said I mean everything seems scripted now and people are going to these um, alternative news sources I mean I even think like you know like things like podcasts like this where it seems a little bit more real because people are actually sitting down and wanting to talk about these topics versus going to the news or like today folks we're going to be talking about such and such like I mean it, it's almost like um, involvement of that transatlantic you know news voice that they, you'd have in like the 40s and stuff like today <laughs> that weird cave that weird cave. the march of war yeah the exactly. future of tomorrow exactly cars on the water this scientist says it may be possible it just kind of seems now like we're more in tune to the bullshit that they just keep spilling out so you seek those alternative sources i, I think russell brand's an interesting character because he yes. kind of went from being this I guess you would call celebrity kind of guy that was like, you know, talking with like the World Economic Forum type leaders about like, how do we make a better tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And then pretty much since like the, like the pandemic, he's not been as easy to kind of put down. I mean, like he's, he's uh, always been a staunch supporter of uh, uh, left wing uh, activism, like uh, labor movements, mm -hmm. people getting fair pay. Uh, uh, workers being able to unionize and things like that and then you know as the culture sort of went through this upheaval in uh in the west he is no longer a, 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 a part of that orthodoxy that they that they want him to be where it's like no 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 these these corporations are the good guys we're, we're here to make it a better tomorrow for everybody <clears throat> and i think that's kind of why when he was on bill maher and the Caught out the guy from MSNBC where he's like, "You guys are no different." He's like, "You guys are no different than Fox News." He's like, "Well, give me one example, Russell. Russell, you give me one example where we're at." <laughs> okay. And he's like, "He's like, all right." He's like, <laughs> like you know, Rachel, Rachel Maddow sort of, you know, talking about uh, what was it, the Russia Gate stuff, and then about the the vaccines being 100% effective and safe and no side effects when it turns out that they actually hadn't even been tested before they went to market if they did that and the you know manufacturers admitted this after the fact and no change in policy no retraction no like breaking news this shit may actually be bad for some people. Mm -hmm. You should probably talk to your doctor first. How about just out. like an apology? You know, like not even a. Look. I don't know what that <laughs> word means. <Tim. laughs> 
Not a, we were wrong. It was like, there. you saw a bunch of articles going around that were like, look, it's like, it's been a crazy couple of years. Let's all just forgive each other and move past all of this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but if someone who's been called like a flat earther and an anti-vaxxer and like racist and misogynist and all this nasty Terrible. stuff. Yeah, but where's the lie, though? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I was speaking for, I was speaking for myself. <laughs> oh. I'm like, yeah, well, you got me. <laughs> Let me attract my fuck you then. <laughs> no, but it's like, after all, all the insults and all the stuff like that's been cast at, like, not just me, at you, yeah. and I'm sure you're an oddball, so you probably pissed off more than one person in your days. Fuck you. So, like, it's... You remember, like, all the stuff of, like, people that are cruel to you, or people that are just like, you're a fucking idiot. It's like, how am I an idiot? I mean, I know that, like, Earth being a special egg that we all live inside is a bit of a stretch, <laughs> but I'm not even talking about that. You know? Like, it's... It's not that I would ever expect people to apologize for that. Like... Especially not now, you know. You tell you what, you give somebody like a decade plus for them to like get a little bit of ego death and a bit of time for them to be like, golly, man, I was an asshole to a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. Then maybe, but like at the current state, no. I think most folk will double down on stuff because they don't want to admit that they one were wrong and two they got hustled, right? right? It's a hard it, pill to swallow. Oh, my God. Like, the hardest mm-hmm. to be able to admit, like, shit, not only was I wrong, I got fucking duped, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it won't be the last time. Like, like it's happened to me, like, at, at least seven, eight hundred times now, you know, so. I heard a term a while back. I don't think I've talked about it on here. And I, I want to say it's the cost sum fallacy. I think that's what it's called. I, I could be that wrong. That sounds familiar. It's um, it's basically it's, it's like um, it's common in uh, gambling addicts, like people who, let's say you threw down a hundred bucks on a blackjack table and then you lost it. Well, you've already put a hundred bucks in, hmm. so you might as well put another hundred bucks in, because then you could win it back. You know mm. what I mean? Well, next thing you know, you've dropped five grand, and you're like, well, I've already, They're I've already, kids in, up for collateral. I've already yeah. invested so much into this, you know. Uh, blackjack game for example that I might as well keep doubling down double down double down double down but it works the same way with political opinions or you know anything really where you're like I've spent the last two years saying this same catchphrase over and over again but then you get proven wrong but well are you just going to abandon the last two years of your life no you're going to double down and you know reinforce the incorrect statement just because uh, you're a gambling addict, but with your political opinions. Yeah, I think that kind of mentality could easily be applied to like almost any combative, like human scenario, like self-combative in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have to sort of reevaluate not only what you've done but what you think you know at present. You know, like I've told Nicole before, like you, until you're willing to accept that. There's a good chance that everything I know is wrong and come to terms with it, you're just going to keep, I think, feeding your own ego, like a, a lot of nonsense, which will make you more susceptible to being duped. So you have to kind of put truth in a, in a godly position to where, you know, that truth is greater than love. 
truth is greater than compassion. Like it, it is one of the strongest, if not the strongest word I can think of. Truth. Mm-hmm. Truth. Yeah. Um, as far as how it should be uh, valued or how, um, how, how much importance it, it, it should play, mm-hmm. you know. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, it's better to do things that will do good in the long run than things that will feel good in the long mm-hmm. run. Shake your head at me. You said that the cost, what, risk? I want to say it's cost some, but I'm willing to be wrong on that. You know, one of those random facts you hear on a podcast and then you regurgitate it like, oh, while we're on the topic, Mm. I want to make a um, correction for myself. Okay. Last episode, we were talking about Herodotus and all the weird historical information that we we just kind of push aside to accept the stuff that we except to be true from Herodotus. Right. And I said that he was one of the people that are used to argue for the historicity of Christ. Well, right. Herodotus was 400, 400 BC. I was thinking of Flavius Josephus. Ah. So Josephus, Herodotus, I don't know. I just put them together in my head. Flavius Josephus was a first century Jewish historian who wrote about the interactions between the Jews and the Romans at the time. Yeah, that name I'm familiar. He was like more so like the one of like the first ones that kind of actually started yeah, he's keeping the, records. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they call him the father of of history, of history yeah. and I conflated them as one person in my mind, and I just happened to be reading about um, Flavius Josephus the other day, and I was like, oh fuck, I said that on the podcast. So while we're <laughs> it's good that you're correcting. <laughs> well, while we're on now. the topic yeah. of you know being able to accept when you were wrong. Mm. Hey, there you go. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> if you or a loved one would like to learn about shrinking your ego, no, feel free to email us at we don't have one. I thought you were about at to, gmail.com. I thought you were about to call for a class action lawsuit against me. <laughs> <laughs> if you or a loved one has been hurt by Ted Schubert's words, please go fuck yourself. I'm just saying, I mean, he could have just ran with it. You know, he's like, yeah, I'm just gonna rewrite history like everybody else. Why not? I mean, move some things around. It seems to be pretty trendy, right? To be able to just just say like, nah, those those facts are are not true. How do you know that? I don't have to answer you. Nothing's true. Nothing. <laughs> nothing's true. Because I saw something the other day. This guy got upset. Um, he was like stitching a video because he saw something about um, a movie on Anne Boleyn, but the character that's playing was was black, a black woman. And so he went off on that. He's like, you know, he's like, I, I, underst- I guess he was understanding of, you know, these like, fictional characters being replaced between, like, you know, white, black, whatever. But right. he's like, you know, but an historically accurate portrayal should be a white woman because Anne Boleyn was European. She was white. Like, she was real. We know this to be a fact. You're not going to get somebody to come in and play Martin Luther King and him be white. Can you imagine the... Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> There's a screenplay written and someone is trying to get that thing pushed. John C. Riley is. <laughs> Luther King Jr. But, just basically, I have a dream, doofus. You dingus. I'm just picturing Dr. Yeah. Steve Brule. <laughs> but as MLK. <sighs> Sorry, I interrupted you. I don't really know where I was going with that. 
Um, I guess just, just talking about like you know just basically changing history because it, it seems to be so easy to do. Well, I think the Roman Church kind of set a precedent for that. You know, changing mm-hmm. everybody's calendar and. <laughs> Which is odd to think that, like, these people, hang on, boggers, get out of there. Thank you. <laughs> With your crinkle crackles. Anywho, um, you know, every, everything's backwards anyway. You know, like, I, I don't think the, the, the churches represent what they say they do, political parties surely don't represent what they say they do or care about anything. At the end of the day, is there really a difference between, like, Disney and Verizon and Moderna? (laughs) Like, at the end of the day, is there really a difference between all of them? I I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, So, like, a lot of this stuff is... They're just marketing campaigns, Mm -hmm. you know? Especially, like, something like that where they're... I saw that they've got a... uh, a black Tinkerbell in like a, a new Disney Plus thing that's coming out, mm. and people are like up in arms about it. It's like, bro, you should be up in arms at the original Peter Pan. Like, when's the last time you watched the original Peter Pan? It's blatantly racist, like blatantly racist. Yeah, and I mean, same thing going back and watching like Pino- fucking- Pinocchio and like how fucking creepy that. Really is. Yeah, where they put that pedophile in the in the movie with the with the puppet. And yeah. That astronaut pedophile, that, well, not, that sweet, nice the astronaut kid, the, pedophile. The kids going Geppetto. to the Pleasure Island, you know, and Dude. That whole sequence from like the original Disney's Pinocchio. Did we talk about this last time? About Pinocchio? Mm-hmm. I mean, no. Like I I, th- I think that's one of the, at least for a kid that's one of the scariest like moments in any movie is the middle section of Disney's Pinocchio from 47 41 something like that um, but when they go to Pleasure Island and like from the drinking and the smoking and from disobeying the rules they start turning into jackasses mm-hmm. and then they just get sold Mm-hmm. And like, there's a scene where they're like, their clothes are gone, they're naked, and they're just crying. crying. And, I want my mama. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. eventually they stop crying, and they're just uh, braying. Mm-hmm. Like that, like <laughs> that, that noise. But like that shit was so fucking scary to me as a little boy. Oh yeah. That and the scene in Willow where um, the evil witch turns them all to pigs. Oh god, I love that movie though. But yeah, it was kind of a disturbing. Little bit, little bit. It's funny that all those old movies we watched when we were kids, like, if you go back and watch them again, you, you're like, why would anyone let their children watch this? They're all so traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> what was the um, the David Bowie with the cod piece? Labyrinth. <clears throat> yeah, the labyrinth. Dude, that is terrifying, dude. His uh, his package. <laughs> it's pretty intimidating. I mean, he's a- you remind me of the babe. <laughs> Just, I mean, just the concept of stealing a baby is just like that's terrifying. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine like showing that to my kids if I had them. Well, like, and I had like this obsession with watching, like, you know, unsolved mysteries. You know, like, yeah, and I like blanket over my head and fucking, like Adam Walsh and all that shit. I mean, it's like it was like instilled in us, like don't talk to strangers, like you know, like it's good advice, very good advice. But like, it was just complete utter fear, you know, like. I had some dude grab me in a, a grocery store when I was like seven, six years old, something like that. It was a um, 
um, the end of one aisle, right, and then on the other side of the aisle, it was um, it was like a freezer, but one of the ones where it's like you look over and there's like a cooler like that, mm-hmm. right, you know? And my mom's at one end, I'm at the other end, and this old man, white shirt, jeans, suspenders, and a straw hat, grabs my arm forcefully and just starts to drag me. He's like, come on, young man, I'm going to show you something. And my mom was at the other end, she's like, get your fucking hands off my kid! And like ran down. I was like, "Oh, ma'am, I'm I'm sorry. I was just trying to help the young man." I'm just, but a humble Southern lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of which, when did you you say I allegedly grabbed your son, ma'am? But no, he um he uh, my mom grabbed me. She's like she's like walk, and we start going the other way. He follows us around to the other aisle. I was like, "Ma'am, there's no reason to panic." And she's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" turns and goes elsewhere but yeah good advice don't talk to strangers I had an old golden book you remember the the golden books Mm -hmm. there was a you don't remember Golden Books? They had that. Mm. They were they were you, children's you, you books. Oh, oh no, no, I do know. And they I had they had yes. the golden spine. Yes, on yes, because my kids have some. What's wrong with me? <laughs> but um, there was one that was about bad adults, and one of them was about why you shouldn't get in somebody's car, right? If you're at the park or right. something, and that if an adult approaches you and tries to get you to go with them, you should kick him between the legs and run like there was another scenario where that's my purse you don't know me <laughs> yeah, some Bobby Hill <laughs> I got a defense uh, lessons uh, there's another one about um, two girls were having a conversation like uh, playing and one of the girls was talking about how her uncle was like had this game called lemonade and they it was like a, a child molester mm-hmm. a chomo and like how to like tell the girl that she didn't do anything wrong, but what he's doing is wrong, and you need to tell other adults about it. And there was another one with a, a kid being lost in a shopping mall, right, to get away from someone that was following him, just and to get away like any way you can, and then find uh, an adult working at a at a well lit open store, and let them know that you're lost and. You know, don't don't go with anybody else. But it, it was like written in language. I learned to read at three, so I was like, you know, four and mm-hmm. able to like understand this book, like going into kindergarten and shit. Like they're they're good lessons. They are, and it's complete opposite of what seems to be pushed nowadays. Like I, I saw something not too long ago. I can't remember the complete context of it, but um, it was it had to do with you know the whole pedophile thing, I guess, then want to be referred to as maps. I guess that's their... It's a bit of an insult to cartographers. But, um, anyway, like, there was, like, you know, a children's book, and it was talking about, like, you know, um, adults, like, you know, can be friendly, and, like, it's okay, and basically the complete opposite of what you said. And yeah, don't, don't, I saw one where it's a kid's book, and it's completely, you know pedophile propaganda but it's like don't call them a pedophile yeah that'll hurt their feelings and another one's like that's the same thing as calling someone the n-word i'm like no no for starters they're completely different words so just by that (laughs) sense alone right they have different letters Mm -hmm. different origins different amounts of letters yeah yeah so 
even outside of their own twisted fucking logic, just based on rhetoric alone, that's horseshit. Yep. So, but once you attach people that think it's okay to diddle and fuck kids along with it, that's that's a a big fucking thing. There's and it's not so much here in the buckle of the Bible Belt, but elsewhere in in public schools, they're like putting porn in in uh, in uh, classroom libraries, and it's like, well, what what is the purpose of this? Mm. Like, why is the state teaching sex acts? To students, mm-hmm. like, what what is the purpose of that? It seems to be religiously younger. driven, right? Like ideologically driven. Yeah, it's getting younger too. The ages. Yeah, the um in um in, in Florida, uh, the big uh, headline was it was a, a don't say gay bill. The the bill in itself was up to third grade. You can't discuss anything about sexuality, hetero, homo, anything. Nothing about sexuality can be discussed in a Florida public school before third grade. Hmm. I don't see the fucking problem with that mm-hmm. at all. Once kids start getting pubescent, yeah, you should probably teach them what the fuck's going on. You know? <laughs> nice to know. But, like, up to that, no, man. Like, that, that, that shit's twisted beyond repair. You know, once you start going down that road, then it's just like, okay, so nothing matters. Villainy doesn't matter anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And then at that point, I I would argue that if if that becomes a new like church, essentially, then the only crime at the end of the road would be not conforming to their beliefs, right? Because right. you can't imprison somebody at the end of that ideology because prisons are wrong. Humans have a right to not be imprisoned, no matter what they mm. do. Property, nobody owns anything. There is no truth because everything can just be broken down into subjective values, right? So there, if there's no truth, there's no theft mm-hmm. of any kind. Life doesn't have meaning. There mm-hmm. is no consent because kids are sexual beings. You know, they start arguing points that Kinsey and uh, Monet, I think was the other guy's name, they, they were quote-unquote scientists, but they were like, forcibly given like infants and toddlers orgasms and like documenting yeah. this shit. Yeah, yeah. K- Kenzie was they a got straight a, up pedophile. He got a, a statue mm. built of him. Didn't Wasn't that Liam Neeson movie about him? Yeah. Like this they had a statue of him. Like... Yeah, what a, what a hero. What a hero. He he had um it gets it gets um Propped up a, a fair amount as, I guess, kind of like a uh, skeleton in the closet with gender ideology, kind of same way with kid fucking in the Vatican. There's like a, you know, oh, we just don't really talk about that, you know. Uh, we'll just move them to a different city. The, the, mm. This uh, this guy, uh, Kinsey Monet, there was a, a set of twins, and there was a, like a botched circumcision on one of the boys, so they just eunuched him and just raised Oh, him. Dr. Money. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Monet. It might be. I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> now I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It may be money. That's how I've always heard it pronounced, but I don't know. I don't think he's related to Claude, the famous uh, famous French Impressionist painter. Monet. Yeah. Monet. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, one of the... They... From this, like, botched, like... Uh, uh, circumcision they just raised the kid as a girl 
And, like, of course it had, like, severe, like, issues, Mm -hmm. you know? Not to mention, I mean, like, that's involuntary, involuntary body mod, even, like, even, even for a kid. And, like, I'm, I'm not pro-circumcision, really, like, unless there's something wrong. Like, I don't think, I don't think, uh, I think babies still remember that trauma. I think it's carried with them through adulthood, you know? At least I, I am paranoid about somebody trying to grab my dick and misuse it. Like, that's... <laughs> Maybe it's a, a just a piece. <laughs> Could I just have just but a sliver of penis, my lord? Just a crumb. Well, I mean, like even as a mother and trying to care for your son after something like that gets traumatizing. Like at least it was for me. Like, yeah, how would you not feel bad? Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, I mean, I wasn't even educated, really, about it. Like, you know, I was like, oh, well, that's, this is what you're supposed to do. I mean, me being first-time mom, I'm like, okay, you know? I mean, your insurance pays for it, so it's just like, yep, yeah, we're just doing here at the hospital. Go home to, and take care of it. I think you have to go out of your way to stop them. You know, it's just like standard practice, from what I understand. I don't know. I think, uh, I think that's where it's going to go with, like, uh, vaccines for newborns in the long run, I think. Like, since they come out, they're just going to be like, all right, now we've got this tray of medicines ready for your baby. That's also another thing. Um, you know, like, over the years, like, you know, having to take my kids to get their, their shots or whatever, just parts of me is starting to realize, I'm like, this just doesn't seem right because they're screaming in pain and, like, you know, the doctors want you to hold them down, hold their legs down and... They're, you know, just injecting them, and they're screaming for you to slop, and you're, like, you know, just trying to console my... I just feel like shit at the end of all of it. Like, was it really fucking worth it? Like, I mean, I, some things I do understand are necessary. Like, you know, I, of course, I don't want my kids to give fucking measles or, like, you know, fucking polio or stuff like that, but it's a very traumatizing experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I won't want to participate in it. Sounds horrifying, yeah. actually. But these, but these cats, like... They're they're regarded in such high esteem, like you said. Like fucking statues are erected yeah. after them, and like when you when you boil down to it, like it it it, it just kind of seems wicked to me, right? And it, like yeah, it may not be as far as the people that practice it. Like like again, I don't think Catholic people are wicked, Mm-mm. but I think that when you boil down to like what's the root that's like running the organization or driving it yeah like there's villainous stuff there they live in palaces of gold they take over (laughs) fucking countries if they want they like plummet banks to nothing if they want we changed our whole fucking calendar because they said no actually Jesus the Marvel superhero he is in our story in the Vatican it was at this date, this time, and this guy, Scaliger, he figured out the keys to the whole chronology. So you guys need to adjust your calendars. I, like, at the root of all that, that's, there's, there's wickedness that, like, drives it. I, I don't think that and really any church is the same, you know? I think that you can have individual churches or individual groups of activists or whatever that mm-hmm. do do good mm-hmm. and that the wickedness is not driving them. But once you start pledging allegiance to a figurative flag, like, kiss my ass. That's well, fucking retarded. Like, not only that, Mom, I think, like, you know, 
small churches, like, you know, they do start out, I believe, with, like, you know, good intentions, and then sometimes when they start turning into, like, a mega church and, like, all that money starts coming in, like, you know, then that opens the door for greed. And Wait, are you saying that Joel Osteen is not a very humble Christian man? Oh, Kenneth Copeland? Oh, God. You don't, you don't think... That, that's the devil you himself. A, you don't think he's a man of Jesus? Dear Lord. What about, no. Benny, what about Benny Hinn? No, like, um, what is it? The whole... Uh, I can't think of the name of the church right now. It's a mega church. Is it ran by one of the three high, upstanding gentlemen that uh? Hillsong. Mm. Is that the what, the big LA church? It started off in Australia. Oh, okay. And then it moved over here. But is that uh, like prosperity gospel or something? Look it up. <laughs> well, I know like. But it's supposed to be like a non-denominational, and that's why it became like so popular. But yeah, it, it looks it, like a Super Bowl. Um, one of their preachers or whatever he started. He's like really young, and he was like constantly like walking around like you know his shirt off, muscles, and <laughs> but constantly preaching against sex and how you shouldn't have sex and you're a sinner, blah blah blah. But was caught up in like a huge sex scandal in the church itself. Aren't they? Well, well ma'am, you you actually brought up something that has a, a, some current relevance. Oh, cool. In the news from The Guardian, one day ago, Hillsong, under investigation by Charities Regulator over explosive allegations, aired in Parliament. Documents tabled by the MP Andrew Wilkie claimed to show church used job keeper funds to help purchase Melbourne's festival hall. They're, <laughs> wait, they're taking taxpayer money and they're doing wrong stuff with it? They're taking donations for, from people and doing wrong with it? It just sucks because I, I, I didn't even know they were a mega church because, I mean, I work for a Christian organization, you know, and we listen to the radio and a lot of their songs came on. And some of their songs are like, you know, just they're really, you know, they're beautiful. But then I found out I mean, WAP, it's, basi- it's basically is beautiful like, if you think about it. It teaches degeneracy, but that's a fucking slap ass song, man. Some but Christian then, music fucking slaps, mm-hmm. though, like like no lie. But when you see stuff like this, it's like it. Hillsong accused of misusing church funds to pay for private jets. Surprise, surprise. That shocks me to my core. Yikes. But yeah, like these, they're marketing campaigns, mm-hmm. right? Like the the good songs, the no, no matter what it is, like you can even engineer music with the tools and toys of like, you know, a big studio to tickle certain cilia in your brain mm-hmm. that they know will make you react a certain way. Cry. Yeah, or yeah, calm, down, calm down, or become agitated, depending on you know what you uh, what you want to be done in the song. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you listen to like some like modern like big budget music, and it's just like, oh my god, man! Like I, I'm just like like in a bath with mm-hmm. like this like music. It could even not even be that good music, but just of how it's like engineered. A lot of it is um, like you know just quick covers that people will do. Like, you know, like famous meme songs, you know, like a Desperado, oh my God. And somebody will just like remake that in like their bathtub or something, and then somebody else will get it and be like, oh man, I can just like, Monte Carlo. Just play the 
Arkansas song first. I went to it like a very, very small. Um, Please. I'm good, thank you. I went to a very small church when I was, I don't know, like mid to late teens. Um, it just happened to open up like very close to my house, and um, my family got pretty involved with them. And it was a non denominational Protestant, you know, just a family moved here from like, Kentucky or something like that and started mm -hmm. a church, you know, very like humble, um, grassroots type of deal. When they got a small congregation you know that bought an old an old uh i think it was a mexican church that had moved or something like that and um you know went around knocking on doors hey we're starting a church you know so we start going every sunday and you know a few families from the area start coming they get a small congregation they start raising money they want to build onto the church they want to you know have all these like youth activities and build like a, a like a, a gym and like a playground and stuff like that and um I think one lady ended up she get ended up getting in front of the co uh, congregation and giving her testimony about how God spoke to her and convinced her that she needed to give her her ten thousand dollar you know savings to the church and um, not you know some time goes by and you know uh, before you know it they bought a new double wide trailer and you know put it behind the church and you start seeing jet skis you know showing up on their property and like their kid has like a brand new trampoline and a four-wheeler and stuff <laughs> and then like huh. uh, as time goes by Lord giveth yeah, mighty time goes by and then well that church actually had to close and then they're they're doing services in a in a closed down movie theater in town and then they're doing services every other Sunday in a high school auditorium in town mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they're not spending any money on rent or anything like that and they're just take they're just raking it in I don't know where they're at now but it didn't take long to realize the scam that was going on I mean and I'm not saying I'm not denying that you know if you are actually doing it out of the goodness of your heart that you know God's not going to provide I mean I I would attest to that like you know just on personal experience right like, mm -hmm. well it wasn't too long ago um I saw you know a family and you know they had their kids they were in just like you know just need and it just spoke to me I was like I'm going to give them, you know, my $10. So I gave them $10. I was like, it'll come back to me. Even if it doesn't, it's fine. I don't care. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a few days go by and I'm at work and we have this trailer where we put all like our recycle stuff that we're not going to sell. And I like to go and see what kind of books they sometimes put back there. I picked up one and it was a World War II book or a doc, uh, like, you know, just talking about World War II. And I opened it to see if there were any like pictures, random page flipped over. $10 bill sitting right there. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is cool. And I happened to need it that day, too. So, I mean, like, I, I'm not saying that it, it it's not real because it is, but I think greed does eventually overtake and that's yeah i mean definitely being provided for is definitely one thing but then you have these like predatory mm -hmm. like people people who are preying on people's uh religious mm -hmm. beliefs you know and their like need for a religious community they, and they get rich off of it yeah. you know? well i mean this lady that i used to work with her sister was attending this church that had an atm in the daggum foyer <laughs> right next to the coffee machine and the donuts like i was like no that doesn't seem right well, what, was at the, all. what was the cover charge to get a good pew? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't even want to know the name of this Tickets! Church. Tickets for redemption! What? How convenient. Oh, tithing. Yes, yeah, so go hit the ATM real quick. <laughs> <laughs> they pass a, instead of an offering plate, it's like an iPad with a little credit card swipe, bro. <laughs> oh I'm God. surprised that hasn't happened I'm yet. I'm sure somebody's oh. got it. 
bet, yeah. bet somebody has got to have them. They're just like, oh, no, 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 don't worry. You, you can pay us off in the future. Oh, gosh. This is just a pledge. You say like two weeks, <coughs> two weeks now you can give us $50? <laughs> oh, my God. I think that, yeah, it's, it's kind of mesmerizing and sad because what you can do is you can take a holy book and you can memorize certain passages of a holy book. Even now with the internet, you could, not that I'm trying to tell people how to become a televangelist and swindle people, mm -hmm. but you can look up passages for almost any scenario that like you could get caught up in, right? For trying to defend your own bullshit, like, mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, why, why are you allowed to uh, have this, uh, you know, all this wealth and luxury if you're running a church? Well, the prosperity gospels, they, this ideology lays out like, oh, here's how you can pretty much <coughs> become filthy fucking rich, and no matter how poor your congregation is, they'll continue to give you money, and your congregation will grow. It ultimately creates like. A pyramid scheme mm -hmm. where like if, if you're the the preacher you know you're top of the pyramid well then you've got you know all the elders of the church and then you've got the brothers and the deacons however the whatever that Protestant sect wants to break it down because that's kind of the beauty of Protestantism is that it you says just make it up <laughs> yeah it's, it's a protest religion yeah. right so like at its core it's like well yeah fuck Rome like this, this is the way to go <laughs> But because it's so DIY that you can just come in if you're a villain, and now people have created roadmaps of what to do and what not to do. It seems what you should do is pay your taxes because you can be a televangelist and get away for decades. But if you don't pay your taxes, they're going to get you. They're going to get you. Um, but if you memorize some, like, scripture... Right, you can sound like you know what you're talking about, and same way that if uh, <laughs> you could like quote literature to an atheist, maybe or something like that, you know, or the bit like wow and impress them. Well, then Abrahamic people are gonna be like, like, oh wow, this must be a man of God. He took the time to memorize all this stuff. Reminds me of uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, John Goodman's character. Just is like <laughs> he found out that you know their sales are like make money and you know. Preaching the word of God. He's a Bible salesman. <laughs> what, what, what could be... Times are hard. <laughs> People are desperate. I don't get it, Big Dan. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful movie. It really is. That's probably one of my favorite movies. My Brother, Where Art Thou? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Golly. <laughs> Cohen, and, and anything the Coen brothers do is just great. I, I like that... <clears throat> With, with it, and I'm not big on like films nowadays, but and I don't mean that in like, oh, the movies nowadays, they suck. I mean, I just don't fucking watch any yeah. movies, but. They're all uh, remakes. I mean, for the most part, that's. I haven't been to a theater since pre COVID. I know that. So. Mm. I think before that, it had been like maybe five times in like five years. So, like, I, I just don't go to the movies very often. <laughs> Matrix uh, 4, Christmas 2021. It's the last movie I saw in theaters. <laughs> I guess it's scarred. I, I watched... We talked about uh, that Matrix on the Lost episode. and Oh, was that was that the Lost episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it? The, 
Have you seen any of the Matrix? I've seen bits and pieces of them, but like I, I never really got into them. It's okay. I have faults myself. I know. I know. <laughs> Oodles. And I, I should, I should watch them now that I. I don't know. Take, taking a red pill. Yeah, <laughs> couple. <laughs> That's one of those. I don't know if it would hold. If you've never, if you haven't seen it by now, I don't know if it's worth it. <clears throat> it's like you know, people who never saw Star Wars growing up, ah. and then they watch it as an adult, and they're like, "This sucks." It's I've watched crazy. it as a kid, and I kind of had those feelings. Right. <laughs> well, I was just like, I mean, yeah, they're in space, but <laughs> even as a, as a child, space just didn't impress me much. The dinosaur conspiracies, though, that kind of broke my heart a little bit. Oh, yeah, I I love dinosaurs. You start learning that certain species uh, uh, may not have existed. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, for real? Well, yeah, well, then it really hit me because it was like an artist concept of what this skeleton might look like, and... I guess it turned out to be completely different from what actually, like, you know, they actually gave him a, like, a a horse skeleton or something. He's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like this, and it was not... A fucking horse. It was something completely different. Yeah, there was there was something else where it was like an aquatic animal, and mm-hmm. it's like this animal was not aquatic <laughs> like, at all. But they had like arranged its skeleton. And then they'll they'll guess on like certain bones, you know. And even some, I get the argument like some some of the dinosaurs are hoax, like full on. Like mm-hmm. uh, people will talk about how. Uh, those aren't even really bones when you go to the Smithsonian. It's like, well, yeah, no shit. Why are they going to keep the actual fucking <laughs> skeleton itself not only out in public display, but in precarious positions? Right. You know? That seems kind of a, a no-fucking-brainer. But, like, some of... Th- there was a lot of fraud that went into, like, the dinosaur rush. Excuse me. Whenever they figured out, like, how to look for, like, dinosaurs. Like, I think it was, like, out in Montana, and there's, like, certain geological conditions mm-hmm. like maybe the badlands or something like cuz it's badlands are fucking wild um but they they didn't know like what were indicators of like hey there may be fossils buried underneath here because of what the earth is doing you know at the uh, ground level or at the top level and then you had like a bunch of folks that would just make new skeletons they would take bones of other animals and like artistically render them to be like oh yeah this is a quadraquacosaurus <laughs> this it's, matches it's a 16 foot duck <laughs> with uh, razor sharp claws it's terrifying yeah there's a yeah. <clears throat> there was a whole um, <clears throat> they call it the bone wars there was these like competing archi- you know quote unquote uh, what do you call it archaeological di- not, not, ar- not archaeologists but the the dinosaur version of that? A paleontologist. Yeah, yeah. There were these competing, quote-unquote, paleontologists who would go out and discover new species all the time. You guys can smoke cigarettes. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, but they, they would go, oh, look, I found a new species. It's a, you know, a tyrannosaur, you know, this, this giant behemoth that roamed the earth billions of years ago. And like you said, it would just be, like, concocted um, anatomies. <laughs> <laughs> Concocted anatomies. <laughs> Sorry. They, they would just take these, you know, different. Did you I ran my car. Oh. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. Here you go. Oh. Yeah, you're on your own then, sister. Uh, well, I appreciate you. My, my ankle alarm will go off if I uh, step off the porch. We can't yeah, have you that. Know how it is. No, we're just sitting here playing chicken. I was waiting on you to light up first because I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not going to smoke if she's not smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can have as many of those as you want. Um, but yeah, the Bone Wars. They're 
they're just like coming up with these. <clears throat> it's funny because a lot of these species were discovered. They would just go out in the desert and set off dynamite, and then find. <laughs> That seems like a good idea. <laughs> That's go, a renaissance man. Right they go to the, the dynamite crater and they're like, oh, look, a complete skeleton. <laughs> How convenient. But, um. <laughs> cool. And so, like, the whole, like, origin of the, like, how dinosaurs became to to be discovered and, like, the, how there was this huge, this huge explosion of all these new species being found is, like, full of, like, um, s- just scams and just underhanded Basically, like, they, they would do, like, these Barnum and Bailey type, like, circuits where they would just go around, like, showing off these, basically bad taxidermy, you know, of, yeah. right. like, look at this crazy new creature we found. And I don't know if that's still, like, a thing with kids today, but I feel like whenever I was growing up, like, dinosaurs were, like, like the thing. They're just, like, constantly shoving in, like, you know, my face. Jurassic Park, Land Before Time. Definitely in the 90s, for sure. It was, like, yeah. It's, it's funny looking back at Jurassic Park. They're like, how do they know what color this shit was, like? They know what the skin looked like. They knew what it sounded what, like. Yeah, the sounds it made. And Yeah. I always wonder, like, maybe rabbits were just a lot bigger. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, like, they're not like these lizards. They're not birds. But they're just, like, bigger creatures because the oxygen was more. Like, there was right. is a more oxygen oxygenated planet yeah. then. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's how you could get, like, fossils of, like... Fucking like sand dollars the size of a Volkswagen or you know some shit or the the dragonfly looking sea creatures or whatnot Mm. that are like nowadays like really really small but you know I have no data to back up the giant rabbit theory but well I mean you have mammoths I mean honestly that was I think I think what a lot of it boils down to is that if you start kind of like um, how flat earthers sort of like broke up uh, uh, NASA's PR right that mm-hmm. it's not like again like like I don't agree with flat earthers conclusions but if you start listening to their arguments you realize that like they have some arguments not about curvature that are you know important I think that um, with the, the dinosaur stuff I think that with some of these um things if you start bringing it up it breaks the whole timeline apart yeah. right as far as like fossilized creatures that are you know i i think maybe there's a possibility that maybe like mammoths and dinosaurs were just all here at the same time yeah you know what i mean um again i don't have any evidence to back that up i'm just saying i don't see how that's an impossibility right we know so little about this place anyways i don't think the devil put dinosaurs here to trick people. <laughs> I think that's fucking retarded. Um, but you make you make a good point with the NASA thing. Like the flat earthers, it's like the best thing that flat earth flat earthers have done is expose like the trickery that NASA has done in the exactly. past. Exactly. And the same thing can be said for the whole dinosaur thing. Like you look at all the all the deception that was going on in the late eighteen hundreds or whenever it was that the bone wars were happening, and like kind of makes you like call into question like, well, how how many of these species that we know about now were actually just fakes that like didn't get caught in the filter, you know, right. of the last 150 years mm-hmm. or whatever? It's like there like was... the Brontosaurus, you know, that was like that's that's like it was in Flintstone cartoons because mm-hmm. it was such a common you know species of dinosaur. Got turned out that wasn't ever real, you know. It was just like something that people like thought might be real. Right. It's like what? Well, no, that never existed. I, I think they, they, they found like what a brachios. <laughs> yeah. They found like a brachiosaur. And a Diplodocus, 
like, and Diplodocus is like the, it's like the Nessie kind of, right, like, right, Loch Ness monster kind of one. Yeah, there's um, there was one, excuse me, um, in the uh, like early to mid '90s that it was, um, I think, the University of Texas, like their paleontology department, was sent this um, example of this flying dinosaur that was uh, probably about two feet tall or so, and it turned out that they said it was the most impressive hoax they had like ever seen that it would uh, constructed from 18 different uh, skeletons of 18 different species mm. and that for the feet they uh, took one foot they had one complete foot bone and they broke every bone in half and mirrored it to make two feet out of every bone huh. and then the uh, uh, people that submitted it took it then after it was declared a, a hoax to National Geographic who published it as the missing link between aviary and lizard species. Yeah. <laughs> Reptilian, I guess I should say. I mean to I mean to be a racist there towards lizard people. Oh my lizards. <laughs> but I mean like like y'all said, there's there's so much room within ideology to dupe people, right? To just like as soon as like you sort of know like the rules of what you're supposed to believe, if you just stick by those rules, make sure you don't aren't, aren't caught falling off of those rules, then you can really use it to your advantage. It's kind of the same way like Twitter Nazis do, you know, with uh, their left wing tech uh, censorship speech, which I mean, no matter what your political uh, uh, thoughts uh, may be on anything. There, there, there was a clear bias against right-wing individuals and then turned into just anti-vaccine and then anti-COVID people and then even members of the government. Like, uh, Twitter was actively censoring the CDC, like the head of the CDC, and other people for sharing uh, things that went counterintuitive towards the, uh, I guess you would say, accepted narrative of how we should battle this virus together. Um, bit of a black pill but at the end of the day there really is no hope <laughs> so you have to make it yourself and you have to just be cognizant enough to be aware that if if somebody wants you to join their church that it may not just be for your benefit mm -hmm. that it's for their benefit in some way or the other as well yeah i mean like I go to church, I do, but I don't go all the time just because I don't feel like it's really necessary. I mean, I'll go if I'm feeling like I need to hear something. And usually whenever I do go, I do usually need to hear that message. Mm -hmm. you know, it usually correlates to what I'm dealing with. But other than that, I feel like my relationship is a lot more personal and I shouldn't have to be grouped with a bunch of people. I think a lot of people just go there because they're supposed to in their mind. They're just mm -hmm. like, well, I, I have to. Mm -hmm. like, this is what we believe. It's like, yeah, but wh why do you believe it? Like, at the end of the day, why do you believe it? You know, I was um, hanging out with uh, my friend Eric this past weekend. I was talking to one of his friends. can't remember their name. I was like, you know, if you take everything, you boil it down to just two different schools of thought. You're, you're going to have either there was matter first and consciousness came from that matter. 
mm-hmm. which is the whole trust NASA trusts the paleontologists, you know, the Darwinian evolution. This is a floating space ball in the middle of nothing. You're nothing. You're just lucky to be here or unlucky to be here. Right. It's, it's the material world. Mm-hmm. Right. And the other aspect is that there was consciousness first and it created matter, mm-hmm. which from listening to enough uh, retarded stuff over the years, including my own thoughts, <laughs> is the team I've ended up playing for, right? It's like, that's, that's my team. I don't give a shit about, like, what your mythological practices or beliefs are. Like, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't. I think, I think there are only two teams. There's, there's a team where you, you want to do good and you want this place to be better than how you got it and yep. you want other people to experience it as well and you want to defeat those that would rather pervert and tarnish and ruin this place because they think that nothing matters at all so kind of like how um uh the principle the documentary about uh, oh, yeah. the history of heliocentrism and uh the copernican revolution uh, talk about that, you know, at, it becomes a faith-based argument at the end of the day. Uh, Einstein agreed, Hubble agreed, Ernst Mach agreed, uh, Newton agreed, that you can find that either the Earth is significant or the Earth is not significant, and you have enough data that will back up each argument. But there are certain aspects of the Earth being significant that they can't answer for with their model truly, so they have to create um, these ideas like um, dark energy and dark matter. So, like, Hubble um, found uh, the red shift in the galaxies, so whenever you look at, through a telescope, you'll see galaxies that are redder than other ones, and they're further away, and they seem to be moving faster. Well, it's kind of like, think about an explosion, right? So, like, if something explodes well the things furthest out are going a lot faster than the ones that are still making their way out from the the core of the explosion itself right yeah. so it indicates something like a big bang or earth being in a special position to where everything is going out from it and the math adds up for it as well but hubble is a, a copernican scientist so he says that while we can't disprove it it's actually an intolerable point of view because it's anti-science when he he's being colloquial about anti-science because he's talking about their scientific belief they were hoping to be able to disprove um the idea of earth um not moving or earth being fixed Mm -hmm. and being able to prove that yeah the earth actually is moving and they they couldn't do it with his uh, um Observations. So instead they came up with, well, the reason why everything is going away is because of dark energy. It's pushing it away. And the reason why everything is still in a locked place is because of dark matter. And that accounts for almost 90% of everything. So because they can't answer what those are, they say that's why the math doesn't work at the end of the day. In other words, they made it up because otherwise they'd be wrong. Precisely. So it, it's like a it's a, a human characteristic, you know. It's it's something about ourselves that we we are so egotistical that just on a personal level, 
to admit that when we're wrong. Now imagine if you're talking about an entire business, right? Because I mean that's that's all like mega churches and you know political parties. At the end of the day, they're they're all business oriented, mm -hmm. you know. So now imagine if you find out that I don't know, maybe your political party used to own slaves back in the day <laughs> and endorsed white nationalism and all this uh, other horrible shit. Or that, you know... You so they turned over a new leaf. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that that makes a lot of sense. It couldn't possibly be that the voting demographic just changed. No. The organization <laughs> itself still kept the anti-human, pro-white savior, this is our land for ourselves mentality. I don't know where you're getting these facts from, Cole. Fox News. <laughs> <laughs> You ever, you ever watched that before? No, That's I where the I... truth comes out. <laughs> nope. That and CNN. That's no. The, that's, that's the real news. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was actually um, talking with my dad about that not too long ago, about, like, you know, news sources and whatnot, and how, how it's crazy, you know, him growing up, they had, you know, their morning news and then their evening news, and then, of course, CNN came and just changed the fucking game with the 24-hour news and whatnot, right. because I hated it. Like, growing up, my dad watched the news constantly, and him being in the military, I get it, you know, he wanted to know what was going on so he could kind of figure out where he's headed next. But at the same time, it was so draining, and I just felt like, okay, I heard this shit like an hour ago. Can we... You know, Any other news? Anything else going no, on? Nothing else in the world happened, actually. This 24-hour news service, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? There's more going on. Well, and they'll, they'll do repeats, or like mm -hmm. they used to, they would do repeats like in like, uh, you know, safe harbor hours, so like after midnight, rather than be like, okay... Here's some really gritty shit that happened in the world today, yeah. like that we couldn't show during daytime. No, it would just be like, hey, let's re let's repeat the evening show, so we really make sure our sponsors yeah. and our uh, promoted content really gets in there in case people missed us. You know, there's lots of airports, people always traveling. How are they gonna know, like, what what fucking colon medicine to use but without without our aid? He won't even watch um, news sources like that anymore. He always goes to like alternative news sources. Well, good, good on him. <laughs> I mean, that, that indicates that, you know, that's someone who wants to come to their own conclusions, like, and not be told what is true, you know. I, I think it's kind of imperative on the viewer, you know, on, on myself to be able to, if I, don't, if I don't want to watch the news, but I still want to be kept up to date with stuff, well, I'm probably going to have to go to places that are quote-unquote less reliable, you know? Like, oh, that's that's not the, the real news. Wait, these are people on YouTube. It's like, yeah, man, they've been doing it for 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. You know? Like, I like, um, uh, there's Breaking Points, I think mm -hmm. his name is, with uh, Sagar and Crystal Ball. Uh, <coughs> he's uh, a right-wing guy. She's uh, a left-wing gal. And they just do their own opinion they cuss yeah. like if they want to and I I would it seems authentic right so like probably we were talking earlier like if someone's gonna be authentic about like their perspective I don't have to agree with them on it but mm -hmm. I want to know their take and I want to know the data that they're using to get it and a lot of times they're just reading like local news stories mm -hmm. you know and w without the 
the whole corporate sponsorship, you know, brought yeah. to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. I mean, and it should be like that because, I mean, you should be open to conversation from the other side, I mean, because you don't know what you might learn from them and, you know, vice versa. Yeah. I just get my news from memes. Instead of, exactly, <laughs> TikTok. I'm not on the talk. You really should. I just use Instagram because that's where people... 30 and above go to watch TikToks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm 30 and above and I'm on TikTok like a loser. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm a, yeah, I'm one of those creeps, I guess. I only get like, you know, 100 views anything that I post on, so it's nothing to brag about. That's way more views than I get. <laughs> one of my, one of my daily like meme vomit feeds I put out gets like 100 people watching. I'm like, oh shit, I was fucking popular as shit <laughs> like I said like the one um, time I told you I got that really nasty comment like that one chick was goes oh my god who still uses vegetable oil like I don't, I don't know Jessica people who bake <laughs> did you watch the video so you just don't read the comments <laughs> I don't just don't, just don't. No good. But it was the comment. one comment, because like I said, I don't get v- views and I don't get comments, so it was just like this one, and it was a fucking troll, and I was like, what? Yeah, f- of course it is. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course it is. I had an old music video for a, a song, Stupid Girls Are Ugly, and <laughs> the one comment on it, I can't remember even what it was, but it was just an insult. I was yeah, just like, why did I, why did I... <laughs> Go out of my way to read this. I should have sent her the link to that song. <laughs> it's probably her that commented on it. <laughs> Some stupid vegetable girl, like with her Ew. oil. I'm supposed to use grapeseed oil. I don't. I don't use anything that's got rape in the middle of it. <laughs> Fucking. Well, did they rename rape? I know you said grapeseed, but like, did they rename rapeseed? Oil to something else? Canola oil? Is that it? Is it? I I, don't I, know. I, I hear. Yeah. I mean, I know rapeseed oil is a thing. Um, I don't what? know if they. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if yeah. they still use is it. Is rapeseed oil <laughs> the same thing as canola oil? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I would name. I would change the name too. Yeah, right. I think we talked about this before. There was what? a, um, there was a. He was he was such a nice kid. I haven't spoken to him probably in like twenty years, but he was a, a bus boy at this restaurant I worked at. His last name was Fagley. Oh no! And he was the type of kid that would obviously get made fun of. Yeah, you know. Sure. And I remember just thinking to myself like, man, if I didn't have a good relationship with my parents and my last name was Fagley I would change that as soon as I'd like, change it if I even if I did have a good relationship oh my with my parents um, but if you're, <laughs> it's like that. imagine if the like you know oh what do you sell I sell rapeseed oil yeah. <laughs> it's like that um, what? that video I, <clears throat> I saw not too long ago about Dr. Gay Hitler <laughs> no. This is a guy like back in the forties. Oh yes, I did. Yeah. Never mind. His, yeah. His first name was Gay, which is a was it was a common first name back in the day. Right. I, I thought it was mostly for women. But yeah, because he was born like the eighteen eighties or eighteen seventies. Yeah, something like and that. And gay at the time still meant uh, uh, carefree and happy. Right. And then it was around like World War One that it became a euphemism for homosexuals, mm-hmm. like that they were gay. And so then it was like his 30 years. Name, his last name just happened to be Hitler. You know? <laughs> oh my God. So it's Dr. Gay Hitler. 
Imagine that, because wow. he was old when that happened. He was like pushing 60. So imagine you've had a medical practice for years, years. And it's September 12th, 2001. And now all of a sudden, people don't really like Dr. Bin Laden as much as, uh, <laughs> as, much as they did before. Probably didn't help he was Arabic either. Poor fella. What a time. What a time. Oh my gosh. There is something I came across. I bring up my, my Wikipedia so I can make sure. This thing was an originally uh, colloquially called the American Plan. This was a law that got put out in uh, around World War One. It's a, officially the Chamberlain-Kahn Act of 1918. So what the Chamberlain-Kahn Act does, it's still a law, it allows the, the military and the government to seize women within a five-mile radius of any military installation if they believe <clears throat> that she is a, has a venereal disease. If she does, she can be detained or moved to a farm colony as a suspected prostitute. Huh. They're allowed to forcibly test <laughs> women. And if you are found to have, like, say you got chlamydia or something, girls can have the clap and not know it as, like, as well as a dude can, mm -hmm. right? So say if they just saw some brother and just like, I bet you that's a whore right there. Ma'am, come here. You're within like five miles of a military installation. They're allowed to detain you, see if you've got an STI or an STD, and if you do, you're not allowed back out until they say you can go. Wow. What? That's intense. <clears throat> and scary because so I live over by. Scary because I have chlamydia. No. Gosh. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I live out by, you know, the, the base, so it's like, that's crazy. Hang on. Read I'm me. assuming that's been repealed since? Um, no, it says it is. Is a federal law. Wow. Mm -hmm, that's what you're saying, it's still a law. Holy shit. Came to be known as the American Plan, whose stated goal was to combat the spread of venereal disease. It's one of these laws where it's like, well, this kind of makes sense mm -hmm. because it was after the war, right? right? But. Gotta keep her boys healthy. Yeah, it's pretty much if you see a woman near a military base, you could use this law to be like, ah, oh, well, she's a suspected uh, prostitute, or she's Everyone's a suspected honeypot. Mmm. Let's put, all, let's put all the hookers in a labor camp. <laughs> the purpose of this law Stupid was to wars. prevent the spread of venereal diseases among U.S. soldiers. During mm -hmm. World War I, the American plan authorized the military to arrest any woman within five miles of a military con uh, containment? Cantonment? C-A-N-T-O-N-M-E-N-T? I've never heard that word. I guess it means installation. If found infected, a woman could be sentenced to a hospital or, quote, farm colony until cured. By the end of the war, 15,520 women had been imprisoned, most having never received medical hospitalization. Holy shit. What's that place, Dad? Oh, that's the hooker farm, son. 
Look, there's one now. <laughs> Just grazing the field. We'll see if we can get her to come here. Hook <laughs> Look, there's two more, son. They all start doing that meerkat thing where they stick their heads up and start looking around. Yeah, really. I always think of that, like, <clears throat> we passed the sign for the boys, the boys ranch. It's like, yeah. The, they just farm boys. <laughs> Why do they gotta use that word though? Farm, ranch. Right. You know that where we're putting people, humans. Like that's it. Just. Well, I'm assuming they were like. Good. I'm assuming they were like <clears throat> forcibly doing farm work. So I like, yeah, I guess you could call it a farm, mm. but also it's a just a euphemism for a prison. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, according but, to Wikipedia, the repercussions uh, section has this to say about the uh, Chamberlain Khan Act. Uh, under this law, women suspected to be prostitutes could be stopped, detained, inspected, and could be sent to a rehabilitation center if they failed their examination. Any evidence of venereal disease found during one of these exams could constitute proof of prostitution. By 1919, 30 states had constructed facilities for the purpose of detaining and treating women with venereal disease. An estimated 30,000 women were detained and examined during the war. During the course of the war, 110 red light districts throughout America were shut down. Despite these efforts, the availability of prostitutes remained fairly constant around military camps and rates of VD remained quite high. In his 2018 book, The Trials of Nina McCall, Scott W. Stern describes the American plan as a decades-long government-sponsored campaign under which public health officials were authorized to detain and examine women suspected of carrying VD and confine those who were positively diagnosed or otherwise judged to be a public health threat to a hospital or jail. Tax-funded thought patrol. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's Don't worry, we got rid of the uh for you. <laughs> so it's just thought. T H O T. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just want to know why it's the women being punished. Well, I mean, bitches need to be kept in line. No. That's that's no. I mean, if all the men or most of the men were gone during the war. I mean, we're just, like, you know, women over here just scissoring each other, giving each other a baby, <laughs> waiting for the men to come back. I see you've uh, read up on this history, too. That's, mm. uh, <laughs> I think it shows a, a, uh, a trend of uh, uh, the government not uh, giving a shit about uh, people in particular, no. uh, giving a shit about women. Because Clearly. Uh, they're, they're not really people in the eyes of the law, right? It's it's a public health uh, threat, we're, we're, a potential, potential. We're let's, cis, let's... cis women now. <laughs> oh, you want to open that can? Fuck. No, but I'm just trying to be, you know, current. <laughs> the uh, term cis comes from a a, a a guy that was like a, a Kinsey and Monet. In fact, it may mm -hmm. have been one of them that used it. So actually, by using that terminology of cisgender, you're promoting uh, 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 maps ideology. I don't promote it. I think it's bullshit. I, I'm sure you do. I just thought it was an interesting tidbit to be like that term itself actually stems <clears throat> from folks in that church. Yeah. That 
It's like, oh, that's the problem. Bring down the patriarchy. What? Hmm. Still have your uh, grandfather's last name, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Show myself out. (laughs) Damn the man. Damn the man. His hot, sexy patriarchy makes me so steamed. So you, uh, what are we going to, let me bleep this if need be. So you're, uh, you know, homeschool kids? Is that a... That's my plan. Yeah? That is my plan. What brought you to that? Um, simply because of what we have talked about, you know, them... Well, they don't know what we've talked implementing, about. Implementing, well, no, we have talked about it, talking about, uh... Implementing, like, you know, sex ed and, like, you know, porn in these libraries for children and, like, you know, previews best and stuff like that. While I understand it may not have necessarily hit our schools and here just yet, I know it's probably just a matter of time. And there have been some instances that have made me even question what my kids are learning at school. Um, like, you know, just talking with a teacher who worked there, she talked about how the kids have the this thing called, like, Whisper Wednesdays, where they're only allowed to talk to each other in a whisper voice. Um, they don't really want them talking, like, at lunchtime or communicating, like, you know, working on their social skills. Mm-hmm. What? Well, yeah, uh, why would... Be, sorry not to... I, I, don't, I don't know why. I don't really know why. This is just, I guess, the rules that they have there. And um, I don't know if this is still a thing, but I know, like, shortly after COVID... And, like, the beginning of this year, even, uh, my son's kindergarten class, if he was on the swing sets, and then the other kindergarten class that was next door to them was playing on the swing sets next to them, they could not play on the swing sets together. They had to stick to their own class. What? So, I mean, it just kind of felt like I'm almost sending my kids to, like, prison. No, yeah, absolutely. And then even my 11-year-old came up to me rather recently and asked me, Mom, what's non-binary mean? Oh, God. I was like, why are you asking me this? And he goes, well, because one of my friends says that they're non-binary. And I was like, does their teacher address them as whatever they want? They're like, no, they haven't told the teachers, but I guess that's just something that they practice at home and stuff like that. And As a kid with a cell phone is what that is. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm just You're not like, wrong. I, don't, I don't like that. So I feel... More so, they're just kind of like, you know, shoving all this information down my kid's throat. And then once they take the test, they just completely forget it. Mm. And also, I remember uh, Jackson, when he was younger, one of the first uh, social studies papers he brought home was talking about the Trail of Tears. And the picture was like, you know, these little happy, smile Native Americans talking about how, well, you know, the government made a deal with them and gave them all this land. And like, you know, like it, like it was sh- very sugar-coated. Mm. I'm like, I, I just, yeah. I have a problem with it. Right. How would you not, like, as, I don't have kids, but I have a healthy amount of skepticism with authority, you know, and some of this stuff, like, like that, like the literal whitewashing of history, where it's like, oh, no, 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 they were... They were happy to go. Yeah, that's that's why they call it the Trail of Tears because they were so fucking happy. happy They're just tears. like, happy oh, tears. thank God we get to move. It doesn't make sense. Like it's, 
Well, the you know the public education to prison pipeline is a real thing for sure. Like you look at the, just look at the buses. Prison buses are identical to school buses. They're just different colors. Look at the nutrition plans. They're basically the same. Even the down to the trays that they put their food on. You know you stand. You have to walk in a line, single single file. You know you. Uh, there's certain times when you're allowed to associate with your peers, and there's certain times when you're, you know, expected to remain silent. Their public education also serves as like a propaganda uh, dispensary. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You learn what you're supposed to learn to be a good citizen. Mm-hmm. And it also prepares you for a, bureau- uh, a bureaucratic society. You know, it's like shuffle papers around, do, mm-hmm. you know, do worksheets, you know, that may or may not be teaching you something that's applicable, applicable in the real world. And it's also like a, um, I lost my train of thought. We'll be right back. (laughs) (laughs) I had a point. Um, Talk about this pipeline, uh, public school, prison system. Talk about the uh, comparisons between similarities. Yeah, and propaganda. Uh, Oh, and it's, oh, there we we are. It's a tax-funded daycare system. Mm. You know, it's like, well, put your kids here so that both parents can go out and work and make more tax money for the government. You know, like... It's breaking up that nuclear family. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally is. You know, that's one of the um, skeletons in the closet of women entering the uh, workforce. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, yeah, the sacrifice is going to be the family unit at home is you're going to have less time to strengthen that family. Mm -hmm. If you get, you know, mom or dad or otherwise, but if you have less parental interaction at home with the kids you're going to have a weakened family unit compared mm-hmm. to someone who's you know, always got a parent or both parents always home with them, hanging out with them, mm-hmm. you know, doing something with them. That's why I look at uh, like a lot of, like a lot of problems with modern culture. I think it's kids that didn't have dads mm-hmm. growing up, you know, because it's mostly like, like violent young men. It's like, bro, where's your, where's your dad to fucking, teach you not to do that shit, yeah. you know, or where was your grandfather, you know, to teach you not to do that shit, you know, but if you, if you're, if you don't believe in family, but yet you've got one, well, I mean, yeah, you're probably not going to do that good of a job raising a kid as a single parent. That's fucking hard. I mean, you know, like one person raising like by themselves, it can be done, but I don't think it's good. You know, it's hard. It's really hard. And I mean, and like, and I don't mean to say, you know, that I'm, I don't, I don't like my son asking me about binary, non-binary, just because I feel like he's too young. Like that's too much That's t- information that he even needs to worry about right now. And I feel like it's a huge distraction. And the fact that that's even a thing that's happening in his school, kids that young are like, you know, having confusion, like, oh, I'm whatever. I'm not a boy or I'm not a girl or. Well, they're pubescent. Exactly. It's so, yeah, I'm it's, like... it's so easy because we were talking about this before you got here about, you know, feelings of like body dysmorphia, you know, by, uh, by dysmorphic disorders, you know, especially during puberty, really like skyrockets, you know, because your body's going through all these changes. You can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. you know, you and you start thinking like, well, maybe. Maybe I'm, I'm not really a boy or I'm not really a girl. Maybe I'm someone else or something. Well, if you get somebody that 
comes along and you know, I don't know, maybe puts a shitload of money into marketing to push this ideology to kids to be like, hey, you know what? Why don't you guys start questioning whether or not, you know, you, uh, you're a boy or a girl. And uh, meanwhile, the rest of us are going to be able to take advantage of you. We're going to make you customers for Big Pharma for life. We're going to render you sterile. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to worry about you reproducing at all. Like, it... I'm pro body mod, you know, and like I'm, I mean, obviously I've yeah. got fucking tattoos all over me. Um, but I don't think this is good. Like in the in the in the long run, I don't think it's good. I, I think it's just gonna fuck kids up. I I think that having the culture push it is beyond the control of the state. But once you start talking about the classrooms, state has the authority to be like, yeah, we're not teaching this stuff we, we need to be teaching science we need to be teaching stem like these kids need to know like what their passion is mm-hmm. you know especially in those formative years like you know like uh, middle school and whatnot you can start figuring out what you can do to get money otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna fucking drown when you get out there in the real world you know but it doesn't matter if you teach kids that or not you can just give them passing grades you know for like oh i was filling out some bullshit you know oh trail of tears what happened oh well they made a deal with the government everybody was happy it's fine. Awesome. A plus. There you go. Move on. Yeah. Make sure you whisper for the rest of the day. Yeah. Go. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. Yeah. It's a whispering fun. Like these teachers must be hungover. Yeah. <laughs> like, Shut up. Uh, kids were watching a movie today. Dude, that's how like most <laughs> of my classes on. That's how most of my third grade was. Like I was in Catholic school, mind you, at this point, but um. Every week we watched a movie. Like, every week. Magic and School Bus? No, no. I remember, like, sometimes it would be, like, like, earnest. Like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> scared, stupid, you know. <coughs> One, in fourth grade, they showed us Fried Green Tomatoes. Yes. Which, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad movie. But it's like, should you be showing nine-year-olds, like, Fried Green Tomatoes? Like, like it's educationally re- relevant because they say the name of our town in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> say it's like right up the road, yeah. even. A sissy moved about Dasta. It's like, ooh, I live there. I would always hate they would they would play like um you'd only get to see like the first like hour of a movie, and then it's like you never got the resolution. Oh yeah. Yeah, like the class. Watch this tomorrow. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Ne- nope. Tomorrow we're doing work sheets again. It's like so. What was the what was the point? Were you just keeping us quiet for an hour and a half? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> See ya. Well, I can't remember. Was it sixth grade or seventh grade? But we were reading The Outsiders, and then after we read it, of course, we watched the movie. But I'd already seen the movie like a million times at this point, so I was already excited. But um, I definitely enjoyed the book because it, yeah, it went into a little bit more detail. Of course, like they always do, but. I had, that was good. I had teachers that, that's probably why I'm not a very well-read individual today, but I had teachers that would ruin books for us, and sometimes we wouldn't even finish. We started... All right, mister, let me tell you about the whole trilogy of Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> it's an amazing game. Can't, can't speak enough about it. I haven't started it. No, I don't feel like I have to. <laughs> I mean... Dude, you can just watch, watch like a YouTube. There's like what happens in Bioshock. It's it's just as good. 
That's a great game. The third one's awesome. What were we just talking about? Uh, teachers that would ruin... Oh, like, but we started uh, reading where the red fern grows in mm. sixth grade. We got, like, three chapters in, and my teacher was like, my, my dog died, and so I can't continue oh, reading this geez. book, so we're going to have to read something else. I was like, what? Like, we're three chapters in, like... Did she not... It takes a lot for me as an adult. It's like she just to finished read. the book the night before, like right. Yeah. Like she didn't know what was coming for the year. She's like, "Oh, we're gonna read this book," and then she reads like, "Oh shit, I can't, I can't relive this." We read the Scarlet Letter, and our teacher told us the whole plot before we read into it, and then she forgot. She told us she's like, "Now, when you all find out who the father of the child is, you're gonna really flip your lid." I'm like that's the preacher. She's like, how would you guys know that? <laughs> you, you, you fucking told us. On day one. You told us everything. Did your teacher make you wear a scarlet letter for a week? No. My, English, my English teachers would really? put me in the corner. Wait, for a, that gave you an A for adulterer? No, they're like, okay, so for the week... <laughs> Did they find you outside of a military base? No. <laughs> uh, like, it, it was like for the week, we had, like, you know, read the book, and she goes, okay, so I want you to think of a letter, and then whatever you're guilty of, or whatever, and I think mine was, like, envy. I was like, I'm not going to say, like, you know, I'm a slut. Just, like, walk around with, like, you know, because like, I'm not. Hey, I wasn't. I, mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't even having sex at the time, but I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm envious of others. I guess that would be a good one. And so my letter was E. Mm. I remember when we read To Kill a, to Kill a Mockingbird in class that week, uh, we all walked around with big letter N's on our shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, Podcast they, over. <laughs> oh, no. You know, they, uh, they made a stink God. at... Uh, at my high school over uh, To Kill a Mockingbird and they removed it from the curriculum not because of the uh, the N-words being dropped in it but because it said God damn it. Really? Yeah. Because they said that was too controversial. So that they would keep it in the library but it could not be part of the curriculum. I remember the bluest eye was one that was like uh, I guess I don't know if they removed it but they were talking about it. I don't know. I never read it, but I was trying to figure out why, and I think because it had uh, something to do with like rape. The bluest eye. The bluest eye. Never heard of that. Mm-hmm. To the internet mobile. The bluest eye. Oh, no. thank you, Google. Just always listening. Published in 1970. That's crazy though, because I remember we read a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe in high school, and uh-huh. it's like. There is some twisted shit in some of those stories. <laughs> book has controversial topics of racism, incest, and uh, child molesting. There it is. Uh, well, you know, I... That makes a lot more sense yeah. <laughs> than... Saying, well, see, like, than I God damn it. Yeah. I couldn't yeah, remember exactly what it was, but... Yep. Well, I think it was like... What was it? Uh, I never... Again, I'm, a, I'm not a fucking reader. I can barely do it as is. Um, Catcher in the Rye... Mm-hmm. was like they said that like uh, aside from Mark David Chapman the guy who shot John Lennon saying he really liked the book it was because the guy said you know fuck you you fucking fucks or something like that they're like that is that is really too much like that's, he's a teenager he shouldn't be talking like that 
Oh, goodness, no. And the guy who shot that nice communist uh, uh, wife-beaten beetle, that guy, he liked the book, too. Well, I don't like him. I don't like this at all. No, no, that's not going to be in our library. Bad. No, it's so bad. Naughty books. I don't even remember that phrase being in that, which has been years since I've read I that. I think it's in there, because I think that was... I thought it was just, it was controversial because Holden Caulfield, like, spends a week in New York alone and, like... I think he has, he like, like, a hooker? Yeah, yeah, I think he has, like, a hooker <laughs> in, a, in his hotel room or something. Hookers keep getting brought up in conversation. Hmm, theme of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, me and Coulter drew out an outline for how the whole episode would go before you showed up. Good, because I was <laughs> Just like this. super like nervous the whole time. I'm like, what do I talk about? Because I actually went back um, to the one that I did with you. Mm-hmm. And just like some parts I'm like, ugh! That's why I never, <laughs> never, like, after I find a clip out of the episode, I don't listen to them ever again. Don't, I've listened to every episode, and I, that happens to me every time. I'm just like, God, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, why I keep doing it. I get, an, <laughs> I get enough masochistic pleasure out of critiquing, like, my own music to finish it. <laughs> so, like, when it comes to the podcast, I'm like, bro, I don't even need to, like delve into like that like I'll cringe the whole time like, mm. oh god the way I sound the things that I'm saying I'm stuttering but then why in the moment you're just like all about it like yeah just going with it talk 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 but then like hindsight sucks <laughs> <laughs> I've kind of gotten used to it like I can I can deal with the sound of my own voice but yeah every now and then it's just like god why did I say that but uh I thought I knew. Yeah, ju- no. Just to be clear, we've ne- I don't think we've ever outlined a show how a show is going to go. <laughs> I, think, I think the closest we've done. I is- brought notes once and, and, and didn't even didn't even like use them. We just like talked about something else. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think for the third D conspiracy, bro. D even mm-hmm. conspiracy, bro. Is uh, was uh, we had off off the mic had talked something about like Laurel Canyon and like. Some other like music like centered conspiracies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, oh man, that'd be cool. Like if we talk about that. But I think yeah, it was like two hours in by the time that we were then like, oh yeah, the reason we came here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, a couple couple of the older ones I had uh, I had notes for. It was um, there was the one where it was about the like the uh, Spanish flu and the. Uh, pop, uh, Boston uh, Department of Public Health. Mm. We talked about because like there's some stuff in there that I want to be accurate about and not just you know. Oh yeah, they had folks sneezing on each other and they couldn't get sick. That was pretty much it. Though. <laughs> I mean, the gist of it. But you know, there, there's. I, I like the whole idea of like an authentic conversation because you don't you don't really know where it's gonna go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just talk and I, I like those more so than interviews I like um, uh, uh, old uh, interviews with uh, Orson Welles um, he's just like very very large and robust man that speaks with the eloquence that you might find at or let's say a, a parlor in New York after hours and it's been quite late in the evening and you've just got off of a rickshaw from a kind young porter who brought you there from the ROK radio studios and 
You found that Pamela forgot to bring your boutier, as you had requested, so now your gut is hanging out for all to see with your bow tie crooked. You know, I'm curious if that's just how he sounds, like, talking in interviews or whatnot. Like, what's his inner monologue? Have, have is you, that the same thing? <laughs> can you, can you <laughs> talk before Orson Welles? I'm just saying, like, when you're, like, by yourself and you're, like, having a conversation by yourself, like, to yourself. Is that how he talks, like, super proper to himself like that? I would imagine so, like, because, like, my moments of madness and mania when I, like, just walking through, like, talking aloud mm-hmm. and whatnot, I kind of maintain the same articulation Mm -hmm. that I normally have, you know? Just sometimes it's not in complete sentences because I don't have to articulate in a way for other people to understand, right? I can just be like... Where spoon? There spoon. (laughs) Should have been Wednesday. Should have been Wednesday. I had a girlfriend one time. She said that to me in her sleep. Like, she sometimes would, like, mutter or, like, like, moan when she was, like, dream or whatnot. There's one time I'm laying there, you know, just wide awake, can't fucking sleep. She's like, should have been Wednesday. (laughs) Should have been Wednesday. (laughs) Okay. What's happening Wednesday? No, I think I automatically went, what the fuck? White Girl Wednesday. It was the first time it was like a complete like thought had like been <laughs> s- said aloud. I thought it was just like words or like, you know. No, no, not in this case. Okay, yeah, yeah. I know what I was doing. Sorry, I got distracted <clears throat> here. Orson Welles. Yeah, I think I've only heard like um, impressions of him from like old Looney Tunes cartoons. <laughs> My impression of him is not that good. It's the best I can try to mimic such, such a, you know, he's, he's such a peculiar man. <laughs> He'll break off into these asides. But he had, um, he had told, make sure I got the speak, speaker switched. There we go. Okay. He had told, um, uh, either Dick Cavett or somebody that's not Carson before when he sat down for an interview to throw their notes away. He was like, he's like, just talk to me, man. He's like, just, he's like, let's just have a conversation. He's like, he's like, I have to do this, this shit all the time. And it's like on a Tonight Show, so this is like, you know, a, a precursor for podcasting. Mm-hmm. But it was one of the, usually when something went off, like off script, it was because it went off the rails unintentionally. There's a guy, Charles Grodin. He was the actor in Beethoven, that old movie about the dog. Mm-hmm. He was the dad in it. He would always play an asshole on every show he went on to, like purposely, and just like, 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 how dare you, like, 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 what's up with you, Johnny? Like, it's Johnny fucking Carson. He's just like, yeah, 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 great to be here, Johnny. I'm sure you've read my book and know all my movies. So, like, it would get like the host like flustered, yeah. but like, in in a good way that made good television, right? But. Yeah, Orson Welles talk show. He had a, he's just such a, Orson Welles just such a fucking peculiar guy, man. Um, let me, let me find this one. I'm so, sorry this is fucking boring, bro, anybody listen. <laughs> I'm talking about Ors, Orson Welles. Orson Welles, oh! Yeah. Hold on, there's an ad. It's for Sweetwater. So, like, he's super famous My for... My Sweetwater rep still emails me. 
I bought from them once two years ago. He's super famous for doing the War of the Worlds broadcast that everybody freaked out over. Yes. Which was written by H.G. Wells, which is his uh, direct ancestor. I don't know if it was his grandfather or... I don't think it's his grandfather. I think they are related. No, they are. They definitely are related. Yeah. I can't remember if it's his grandfather or great-grandfather or his... Hell, might be his dad. I don't know. But he also did um, he did Citizen Kane, which I, right. I just watched for the first time a couple of months ago. <clears throat> And as far as why it was such a big deal, when you see the movie, as far as how other movies were at that time, it's like, holy shit, man. Like, he was doing, like, tricks with the camera, mm-hmm. just experimental stuff that you weren't supposed to do, but he came from theater. So he's like, well, now I can do ideas I would have done in theater with lighting or, like, props, but mm-hmm. I can do them with a lot of money. He had, like, I think close to a million-dollar budget, wow. which was unheard of at the time. Yeah. I think it was, like... Like seven hundred thousand or nine hundred thousand, something like that. That sign outside, beautiful girls dancing, is working. Hang on, Dick Cavett. There's a really cringy clip of Dick Cavett just calling Richard Pryor the N-word to his face, like on like on during television? the show. Oh, and Richard's just sort of like, huh? Yo, man, uh, like what the fuck, dude? <laughs> He's like, oh, does that word make you uncomfortable? <laughs> like, it does now. Like, jeez. Like, you know the cameras are rolling, right? Like, <laughs> holy shit. I mean, just like, the fucking, like, what a rude yeah. thing to yeah. fucking do. Right. Exactly. I came in when, they, uh, yeah. when the last show was still on. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is, is that a terrible secret I shouldn't have divulged? No, not at all. <laughs> they, they, they know about tape out there in, in television land. I think by this time most people know. Just, I barely said this isn't live. Myself, I still That's think everything is live. They recorded. Were. Did you miss the? Don't you? Yeah. Uh, although I don't know if uh, I don't know if the audience is that aware. I mean, when, when you're sitting and watching the thing, but you when you bleep it. or bloop or whatever it is. Every third word out of some of your guests, the audience must know something is happening. No censor could be that agile. <laughs> no, there is a thing, you know, that they have, they use, though, in live television, where they use, a, like, a six-second tape delay or something, so that although... Any moment. $47,000. <laughs> And we didn't have $47,000 because originally we had a producer called Mike Todd who had gone broke. Mm-hmm. And I had done that terrible scene in movies where he said, come on kids, you know, uh, uh, George Murphy used to always do that. And Gene Kelly, people like that say, come on. I don't know where I was going with Orson Welles and his articulation. Well, he's got an, inter- he's got an interesting voice, mm-hmm. but in his conversation, he's obviously not being his full, you know, bravado, you know. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, he was um, he was one of these guys though that you know because he was an outsider of Hollywood. So like his film was like critically loved. Citizen Kane, and they wanted to boycott him from the Oscars. Um, uh, and apparently, uh, it was a guy uh, William Randolph Hearst, mm-hmm. like the newspaper uh, tycoon, mm-hmm. took it as a uh, uh, a personal attack on himself. I think it was meant as an attack on him. I think that's like one of the the mysteries of like uh, what inspired the the character uh, Arthur King. I think his first name is Arthur. But um, you could see where there's like a lot of stuff that like I mean, he's a newspaper tycoon in the in the film, you know, and they obviously didn't like each other. Like 
Uh, but he was <laughs> the the uh, older he got, the fatter he got. He had uh, gotten less and less work, but he had uh, done a commercial and he was shit housed. Oh my god! <laughs> like, for a, for a wine, ironically <laughs> enough. <laughs> Back when fat people like still. Turn camera. Oh shit! Or wow. why don't you take one? <laughs> With over that action oh, damn. You can see. He is yeah. wasted. <laughs> <laughs> now? Did you guys do anything? No, it's it. Sorry, Kat. Okay. <laughs> One or two, take two. <laughs> ah, the French champagne. It's always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson, why don't you take three? Action, please. Ah, the French champagne has always been celebrated for its excellence. There is a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French excellence. It's fermented in the bottle and like the best French champagne, it's vintage dated. So Paul Masson. His eyes keep closing. <laughs> he needs to be on drunk history. Ah, French um, champagne. Oh, it's like a, I feel like at the end of each take, he was like drinking what it was ever in the whatever was in the glass. Right? <laughs> they did like forty takes. Stop. He he did a he was like their spokesperson for a for a hot minute. Like <laughs> a commercial for no. frozen peas. Uh, he's, I think it's Daily Wire chocolate. What? They're doing. Why? It's a, cho- it's a chocolate bar called He Him. Oh, okay. Nuts. Because of the her. Him and she, she her. Him he's. <laughs> so instead of her she, it's she her chocolate. Oh my god. I hate it here. Don't worry. Why are we getting the, Don't co- worry. Why are we getting the chocolate bars involved? Margaret Mitchell began writing Gone with the Wind in 1926, and she finished it ten years later, the writing of a great book, or the making of a fine wine, takes time. Parmesan's Emerald Dry, a delightful white wine. Parmesan wines taste so good because they're made with such care. What was true nearly a century ago is still true today. Parmesan will sell no wine before its time. Notice it's daytime in that commercial. I had to get them good and early. Gone with the wind. I like to cast a party the way I cast a play with very special people in the champagne. The speak very special. <laughs> Is this the same one where he was wasting? No, I don't think so. No, because the people were gone. Right. Right. 
Unless the people are eventually just like, we're going to get out of here. This guy's a little too weird. The son himself said it nearly a century ago. We will sell no wine before it's time. <laughs> you know that's that's like the next morning of the the other take where he's shit house. <laughs> Let's see if it's got the the one where he was too fucked up. Oh, there, there it is. is. There it is. They sell a printer as well, a copy machine, <laughs> or some Wells copier. Then, then the name goes on. Nashua, your number one choice. The taste of French champagne has always been celebrated. Had the voiceover. There's a California champagne by Paul Masson, inspired by that same French Oh, my God. It's, it's totally a voiceover. Like I like the best French champagne. It's like, it's yeah, totally a voiceover. It's not even matching up. <clears throat> yeah, you can tell. The first time. So they were able to get they were able to get one take. That looks that looks like the next day or the first take. Yeah. His, like, eye, his eyes are open, kinda. Right. So they were able to get like the one sentence out <laughs> with his lips matching, right? And they're like, perfect. Thank you, Orson. We got the one line. Alright. Peg, Jim, come on in here. This is Orson. Alright. Now, you're gonna hold the bottle, Jim. Peg, you're gonna just sit there patiently, and Orson's gonna Smile. deliver the line. There's only, I think, one shot of that. Mm -hmm. Like, let me make sure it's. Yeah. His lip, like, he ain't saying that. <laughs> that's, that's ADR. That's, that's, that's style. style. Yeah. What's crazy is though, and this this is a. Uh, a, a good example, but like once you start l noticing like something like that, like a voiceover or ADR not matching, you'll be able to start picking movies and like TV shows oh, yeah. apart. <clears throat> uh, there was this old, it's a bad movie, but uh, I really liked it as a kid. Radio Land Murders. It was rated PG and had tits in it. <laughs> Holy shit! Hey, it was the eighties. Score. Yeah, I like. It was only for like about probably like four or five frames. It's the bellhop or whatever at this radio station on opening night, right? It's the movie's set in a, a real time and like in the early twenties, so it's about opening night for a radio show. They're going live and people start getting murdered. But yeah, the, the titty scene is like the bellhop or the intern, like like five minutes to cut, Mister Jones. Five oh minutes God. to cut, Mister Jones. And he opens up the wrong door and there's. The you know the can can girls and there's two of them <laughs> topless and like the rest of them are just like oh get out so shocked but it was like PG I didn't know it, just, it had tits in it and I rented it and I was watching it without my family and I was like oh shit that just had fucking tits <laughs> I'm like nine or ten years old I'm like hell yeah <laughs> rewind but there's a there's a scene in it where um. Uh, it's the actor Larry H. Miller, and there's another guy. There's a lot of like famous faces in it, um, but they're they're having a debate. Um, it's the guy uh, Jeffrey Tambor, the mm -hmm. guy from uh, Arrested Development, mm -hmm. the dad from Arrested Development, and they're having an argument. And the one guy's like makes an exaggerated like like sound like that, but more words like come out like three syllables or something like come out like whenever he says it 
and I never knew what it was. I just knew, like, as a kid, I was like, something's wrong here. Like, he's not saying that. And, you know, when you start learning how they make uh, movies and music, almost all the dialogue in every film is done after the fact. The actors go in the studio and they do uh, ADR. It's uh, audio dialogue or automated dialogue replacement. Yeah, automated dialogue replacement. So they, they go in, they redo the performance, and, like, that way they can get everything kind of like I showed you all before, like with the EQ, like nice and set. So they're, they are saying it whenever it's being filmed, but that's not what you're hearing. Mm -hmm. What you're hearing is the Orson Welles voiceover. <laughs> and that's how it is on like almost all movies. There's some uh, movies where you can tell. I think uh, it depends on the actor, because there's some actors that are just like... like they won't do it. Yeah, they won't do it. I think Jack Nicholson mm -hmm. maybe won. Yeah. Um, there's a... Uh, uh, was it Anger Management is the movie with him and Adam Sandler mm -hmm. I think there's a, a scene in it where it's like a one and two shot where it's uh, one of uh, a car from this angle with Jack Nicholson's character in view on the side of the car and the other one is the other side with Adam Sandler's character in view and you'll hear the background noise change like abruptly with the shot the angle and it's because I guess Jack Nicholson was like, I'm not going back in there to redo the lines. I'm not going to do it. You wanted Jack here? Jack's here, baby. We're going to do it now. He had a Lakers game to get to. Starts at 5 o'clock, Johnny. 5 o'clock. What time we got? Anywho. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think Bruce Willis was a guy for a while that just wouldn't do ADR because he's like oh, you want me to act again you got that performance out of me and you want me to act again poor Bruce Willis though I mean it just popped up him having dementia or aphasia or whatever it is like yeah. that's that's sad sucks man uh, yeah. it's a lot it's a lot for his wife to deal with I saw where she was like hey can y'all just leave us be yeah like like we'll we'll talk with y'all but can y'all just leave us be it's kind of a lot to go through which I mean you know good honor I mean I think it's a rare case when you have celebrities even more so politicians that you have people that seem to be like actually good people mm -hmm. and like that aren't just you know narcissistic faux activist pieces of shit you know he seems to be a good dude I've always liked him I mean even if he's a giant asshole he's got dementia like leave him alone mm -hmm. you know yeah like imagine the paparazzi showed up at your door every day you don't even know why they're there you know? <laughs> scared shitless <clears throat> dementia is weird like that man because like my grandma had it before she died and probably within uh, like less than a decade she had forgotten who I was mm. like she knew who I was but like now she had it for probably about 10 years or so, maybe a little longer, you know, but like exponentially, like once one thing started going and like recurrences started happening, mm -hmm. like it just got worse and worse. And then by the end, it would be like, like, oh my God, it's so good to see you. How long's it been? It's mm. like, it's been two days. It's like, and I can tell that like she doesn't know I'm her grandson, you know. Peculiar thing happened though, she started pointing. My dad said he came outside and she was like out in the yard like during the day and saw him come out. She's like pointing up at the sky. She's like, what? What is that exactly? 
and my dad you know ex-military goes out and think it's like a helicopter or something and he looks out it's the fucking moon and, oh no and he's like well that's that's the moon Iris you know like it's just out there in the day but she's asking the right questions though what is yeah, yeah. <laughs> see you're a good friend because that's exactly where I was going this. it's like she had no idea at the same time I'm, I'm the asking s- the same fucking thing same thing going through my head what is that what is that exactly <laughs> what is it it's the moon it's yeah, 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 yeah you told me that but what does that word mean? <laughs> oh my god. Alright, I got pee on. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I, I tried to be ninja about it. I went to pee and the audience had no idea. No, none at all. It's just Very graceful. Breaking, breaking the fourth wall. He's got to let everybody know. Of audio. <laughs> it's a great host. <laughs> oh my god. But... So you said you go to church sometimes. Yes. What? So like, are you a Christian? <sighs> okay, let me like, ask you this. Do you think that Christianity is true? Or I mean, if that's a personal question. Um, I think there's truth to it, mm-hmm. but I think a lot has been manipulated. Right, right. Um, and then I just feel like it's my personal journey and goal to find out what is truth and mm-hmm. what isn't. But um, I definitely feel like having faith of some sort is just a good foundation to have because I, I don't think that life is meaningless. I mean, I can just fucking look around me and use my eyes and see that, you know, there's significance in just everything. Like, there's significance in life, so... Yeah. That was a so that's more so like my intense and enjoyable pee I just took. <laughs> my uh, reason. No, that's so that's totally respectable. Yeah. You know, because uh, a lot of people. Did you like ask her if she had accepted Jesus Christ as her one? Basically, yeah, yeah. Well, no, she had mentioned earlier that she goes to church sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I was just wondering, like, you know, do you think, like, are you Christian? Do you think it's true? Because, like. Like I, I'm in a weird position where like I think Christianity is true, but I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Exactly. I, and I don't go to church. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't like the label of Christian because well, it's that. got a lot of negative baggage with mm-hmm. it, especially mm-hmm. in modern times. It's like, oh, you're that crazy um, prosperity gospel people, or like, or you hate X group, yeah, you know, because or the Bible says so, or whatever. People treat you differently, no matter even if. If they are people in that in-group, right, mm-hmm. then it's just like, oh, well, come on in, brother. Welcome to the fold. Right. Please, meet my family. It's like, yo, man, I'm, I'm a weird cat. I don't really bond with people in that way. Yeah. You know? well, I mean, even as a Christian, I guess a Christian within, like, you know, a Christian community, there's, like, certain things that I can't talk about because they're like, well, that's not very Christian-like, you know? Right. I just say, well, fuck you. Well, you know, I'm like... <laughs> like, I mean, like, like, seriously, like, it's... That's one of the things, not the totality of things, but that's one of the things that drove me away from organized religion to start with was the piety of everybody, where it's just like, well, a real Christian wouldn't talk like how you do. I'm like, oh, really? What does a quote-unquote real Christian talk like then? Yeah. Like, you? Like, so if I act just like you, right, then that makes me good. If I don't act just like you, then that makes me... I need improvement. Like, we all need fucking improvement, you know? But the... The, I mean, no, the notion of like, well, we figured out the great answer. And it's like, no, you didn't. Like, and I didn't know this until I had like started 
you know, becoming, you know, coming of age as an adult, got on, got into like psychedelia and like that whole aspect of like what God means on an archaic level yeah. and on a scientific level that you can reproduce, like, and that being like excluded from everything and being like, well, that's 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 not anything we want to like touch on. It's like, what are you talking about? This helps support the argument of of, of significance, mm-hmm. like. And as Ted and I have talked before, <coughs> the amount of devilry or hol- uh, or uh, holy holiness there you go devilry or holiness that you can get out of psychedelia is uh, is fickle at best, mm-hmm. and it's a good way I would argue to sort of explain the di- di- dichotomic nature of magnetism or God itself. You know, it's it God is the magnet. Right, mm-hmm. it's it's both the pole and uh, the pot, North Pole and the South Pole. It's it's everything, and we can see this reflected throughout life. And the psychedelic experience grants you a subjective journey into the, the notion and reality that nobody knows anything. Yep. Nobody knows anything that's going on at all. But there seems to be some real significance to everything that is, and even more so with things that we cannot see. Right, like. Standing perched on a box. Um. But I mean, like, I even remember, you know, being younger, like, I would have these certain questions. um, You know, my mom's like, you know, no, we don't believe that. Like, I would, I was asking questions about, like, you know, reincarnation and stuff like Mm -hmm. that at a young age. Um, I would notice, like, you know, things in my Bible were different than things in my parents' Bible. I mean, I granted, I had to have a like you know a kid's version, but even getting older, I'm like, well, why is this Bible reading different than this one? Why is this one reading different? Like you know, just all the different versions. It was just very, very confusing. And I'm like, well, that seems like an easy way to get you know misinformation and lies. And so I asked my mom. Um, I was like, listen, I was like, I know you've got a really old Bible that belonged to your. It was either her grandmother or her great grandmother. So this thing was like printed in like the 1880s or something like the 1800s, maybe 1900s. But um. I was opening it and just like going and looking in the very beginning and it definitely uh, references the firmament and it talks about um, the stars being within the firmament Mm -hmm. and not outside of it and stuff like that. And I was like, it's very, very interesting. So, but I don't see that in like, you know, a modern, Mm -hmm. you know, Bible that I have. There's there's a lot that kind of happened with in the conspiracy circle the Jesuits and what they uh, essentially tried to do with the um, options as far as biblical text right because it's there were some branches of it that started to take away from Christ being divine and started having it be more allegorical, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, and then from that you get like the NIV version, then Uh there was another version that came after that, and so kind of like the dinosaurs of yesteryear, it's uh, in part a cash grab, right, to have like, well, you need the most accurate Bible. Granted, like a hundred years prior to that time, most people weren't able to read, you know, and the printing press allowed them to just 
everybody can have a Bible, you know? Like, it's you don't have to have somebody copy it word for yeah. word and be a millionaire. You can just... Yeah, the printing press basically was the catalyst for the Protestant Reformation. Mm. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean of it course, you got, rock as fuck. you got, you've got um, <laughs> Martin Luther's 99 Theses and all that stuff, but, um, like, the ability to actually distribute the Bible and, like, for people to, for literacy to be part of, like, uh, the mainstream for for poor folk, right? Yeah, like the for the common man, you no longer had to uh, go to the priest to mm -hmm. read from you the Bible, and they were teaching kids like how to read, you know. So the uh, the conspiracy is that this group, the uh, Brotherhood of Jesus or the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits, is a political faction in the Vatican in Rome that is anti-literacy because if people are able to have this authority then they don't really need the church as much mm -hmm. and in traditional Roman Catholic sense the Pope is the hierophant he is God on earth mm -hmm. and this is a big contradiction from the uh, uh, first uh, uh, commandment in the Ten Commandments that you know there there is no other God besides this one. Which I mean, me being into Gnosticism, I, I mean I, I I'm a blasphemer just for not <laughs> buying into that. But 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 still, like the idea that like this this one person is 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 so special that they are the closest that you can get like to heaven. Aside from that. That's only the PR side of the of the papacy, as far as the Pope. There are two there are two other popes that are more bureaucratic level uh, uh, popes mm -hmm. that are more or less, you know, moving shit as well. Aside from that, these dudes fuck kids. Like, <laughs> I don't want to participate in any in any church that honors them. They're get... minor attracted popes. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna make that my text message. <laughs> yeah, like four in a row. Because I'll I'll text up that stream of consciousness. We're just like. <laughs> like oh god, stop. <laughs> You're welcome. Sorry, guys. I thought my phone was on silent. <laughs> Didn't mean, to ruin, the, didn't mean to ruin the movie on Whisper Wednesdays. <laughs> I'm gonna have a Whisper Wednesday podcast. Oh god! Stop all time like this. Fuck that. I'm gonna get really close to the microphone. The, the you just gave like uh, twenty percent of our audience tingles. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> this is not ASMR. We just lost them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken over. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, back to those kid fucking popes. Fucking wow. assholes. I don't think you should revere them, more or less. I, and I don't think they uh, deserve any of my money. No? Nor any of my attention Have to God. Have you seen where they live? Yeah, they seem to be doing all right. Right? So... I would like to go see that fucking artwork, though. God yeah. damn, man. Like, such a shame. There is a 
somebody I knew who, you know, they, they went there and they snuck their phone in to, uh, I forget where it's at, I don't know if it's Sistine Chapel, but it's, uh, the painting is uh, The Last Judgment, it's a gigantic, like, mural that's inside, mm. and they're like, you know, you're not allowed to have your phones when you walk in, everybody has to be in a line, you have to do this, and then you get one pass in, one pass out. You can't throw cans of tomato sauce at it. <laughs> I'm sure they're trying. Idiot. It's like the folks that sit in traffic. They're like, we're doing this to help save the planet and to teach all of y'all a lesson. Like, you're literally putting out more air pollution this way than you would if you just got out of the fucking road. Maybe, maybe write a book, impact the world that way. Because what you're doing is actually environmentally hazardous. That's, that's too creative. No, it's too sensical is what <laughs> it is. To influence people over a long period of time. Yeah. Rather than just like, I'm going to make an impact now. Like those fucking heroes that glued themselves to the conductor's pole. At like <laughs> the, some orchestra in like Sydney or uh, maybe it wasn't Australia, maybe it was in Europe. They go out there, you know, they've got their... They're orange color coordinated, you know, this is what team I'm on, like shirts. And they're just like, all right, cool. And they just unfasten the conductor stand with them glued to it. And they're like, hey, y'all come this way with us backstage to get arrested. And bring out another conductor stand and be like, there you go. Sorry, Jim. She's all yours. Such a pity. They could have saved the planet. They, just, they didn't have a way to remove that conductor stand inspiring it's scary is what it is because like i i'm one of these retards that believes that the earth is not only significant but it is in a special place mm -hmm. versus a lot of the ideology that drives these fo folk behind climate alarmism is you know the earth is actually insignificant so that's why we have to hurry up and save it otherwise we're not gonna be able to go to mars and start a new planet so we can have uh, uh, gay space communism, right? Yeah. Like fully automated luxury gay space communism. Sorry, sorry. Oh I can never get that right. <laughs> what were we talking about before fully automated luxury gay space communism? Uh, the Catholic Church. Yeah, before. Uh, yeah, yeah, we all, we all need to go back to them. It would be it would be fun to set up like a, some like MMA tournament. Like, all right, four. 10-year-olds versus one priest busted <laughs> for doing inappropriate things. Right? Yeah. Like, put them in the cage together. That might uh, go back to your kink fetish dichotomy. <laughs> oh, man. You yeah. a priest who just wants to be beaten oh, up man. by children. Yeah, think of, all the, think of all the mappy priests in the audience in attendance just like, yes! Yes! Go, kid! Did y'all ever watch The Keepers? The documentary on Netflix? No, about so. them covering up the scandals. The nun that right. was murdered for trying to uh, basically rescue those girls, and she was uh, going to call out the, I guess the, what is he, the headmaster or whatever. Headmaster? Yeah, yeah. The head preacher of the school, um, he was like, you know, taking these young girls in into his office and assaulting them, and he would also bring in this guy that was called, like, Brother Bob, as they knew him. <laughs> 
Yeah, and uh, so they killed her. They they killed the nun because uh, the students were coming to her and telling her about what was happening, and she's like, "This is wrong." She tried approaching, you know, the guy that was doing this, saying that you shouldn't do it, and she, I guess, mentioned going to the police, and they assumed she that they um, they were the ones that murdered her. They could never prove it, but um, he ended up going from that school to another. Uh, Catholic school and being a principal there and basically just I mean they all knew his uh, history like the school but just trying to keep it under covers under wraps and then just you know we'll just move him to a different one out of this community if you want to get some really uh, far-fetched uh, tied into it uh, you know that whenever these scandals first started really breaking becoming more than whispers in uh, 2001 about a week later uh, the uh, Pentagon lost all that money, and then a day after that, kaboom, the uh, Twin Towers got hit. Is mm. uh, the, the Pope did nine eleven? The I'm just saying, man, <laughs> that people stopped talking about it altogether. Right. It was September, like that was like breaking news in September. Wow. Was that they had the, by they the Vatican had not only said that. The U.S. couldn't charge some of these priests because they're citizens of the country, the Vatican. They're going to handle it. Diplomatic community. Yeah, they're going to handle it internally. But some of these priests, they just just moved to a different place. Yeah. And just went like, hey, man, you got caught. <laughs> you rascal. Right. <laughs> naughty, naughty. I think a lot of them were put in parishes outside, like in non-English speaking communities where they didn't have access to like American news media. And stuff. There, so they there might not one, even have... There was one... Fucking person that <laughs> had uh, uh, been shifted to a school for deaf boys. Oh, God. And it was like hundreds. Hey, kids, like, have you heard was, the news? It was like uh, something like uh, like 200 like kids, deaf kids. God. Wow. But he had, he had uh, you know, he had, he'd blessed you know, himself. So like me, like I, I grew up Catholic. I, I never had the the first priest we had was he was he was a cool dude. He uh, he would let the homeless sleep in the church, um, the rectory. That's the the building that's uh, like the priest's house. That's mm-hmm. like usually next door of the church. Um, other priests that were in the diocese, if they didn't have a, a like a steady home from being shifted around, he would just let them stay there. There was like ten priests that stayed there. The church was modest. There weren't. Uh, there were stained glass windows, but there was no gold or gaudy like Vatican esque like decorations. And it was uh, he, uh, he that uh, my dad. Uh, that was part of the reason why my dad chose that church mm-hmm. in particular. Um, there were a couple other Catholic churches in uh, West Virginia around us, but um, he got moved probably like a year and a half after we got there, and the guy they brought in. He didn't like kids in the slightest. There was no worry about him <laughs> touching any child. He, he liked my dad a lot. He liked a lot of the male parishioners a lot. But he didn't like kids. He liked him some, some middle-aged dudes. But he hung up like all these gaudy decorations, kicked the homeless out, said that they, they couldn't... Uh, it's cold in West Virginia in the winters, like freezing cold. It snows there every yeah. winter. Couldn't stay there. Had to go someone else or somewhere else. Uh, then there was a new story that he had also uh, didn't want them sleeping on the steps of the church, waiting for them to open the church in the morning. That they couldn't stay there. 
but not not a diddler in the in any regards. Uh, the the third priest I had, I don't know. He never did anything to me, but there was one time I was an altar boy as well. You know, for the record, just to give you a window on how prime fun. prime target. Oh yeah, dude, I was such a sexy little boy too. Like just supple cheeks, wavy blonde hair. I was. There was a pool in the neighborhood. There was a community pool, so I had gotten a nice golden tan. I was almost as dark as my brown-skinned friend whose mom was Kenyan. <laughs> like, I, was, I was prime and ready, but no. Um, there was one time in the, the uh, ceremony for uh, uh, Catholic Mass, is, there's like a, it's like choreographed, right? Mm-hmm. There's certain steps. But yet different dioceses will have different rules and like steps of what you're supposed to do. So being in Georgia, this is you know, about 700 miles away. So like it's a different diocese and there's, it's ran differently. So I made a mistake and like grabbed like the wa- uh, water. I was supposed to grab a, a towel or something. And then he, like the priest leans down. He's like, he's like the towel. And I'm like, Oh fuck man, I just fucked up. So like, you know, I have to go back and I get it, uh, bring it to him. And he like very quietly, he's like, you should do what you're told. Do you know that? You need to feel and like mutter to himself. And like, I was like, Yo, what the fuck? Like, and like, he's still like conducting mass, but like, he talked to me that way. And I was like, yo man, like there's something like in there. It's kind of dark. Yeah, yeah, really? Like, there, there were certain teachers I would have that would be like that. You know, I mean, I've always pissed teachers and cops and people of authority off to a certain degree. But that, like, in we would have religious class and like, you know, like you said, I would have like questions about stuff, and they would just be like flat out like, no, like, mm-hmm. no, like that's wrong. If you believe, if you believe that, then you're not this. You know, mm-hmm. you're not Christian or whatever. And then I got out of Catholic school, go to high school in the Bible Belt where it's like the Protestant Reformation is alive and well. You know? <laughs> and there it's it's like the same thing. It's like it's like, well no, like and then you know, they'll like pull up like scripture and be like, it says right here. I'm like, but bro, there's all kinds of things in this yeah. book. Yeah, exactly. They do yeah. the same thing that the um prosperity gospel people do. They just quote mine, well we take this verse from this book and this verse from this book and this verse from this book, put it all together and here's this like crazy, you know, doctrine that you couldn't get just from like a, you know, a naked reading of the whole book. Right, know? right. And you can you can do that to to justify pretty much any made up doctrine. For sure, and especially if you've got people whose faith is derived from the book being such a talisman that whatever is in there you have to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, which. I mean, again, like, you know, you can look at one book, it'll tell you one thing. You look at another book, it'll tell you another thing. Well, not know? only that, the reading the Bible is so long. There's so many different stories in there. Like, I don't believe people when they say, they're like, oh, yeah, I read the Bible. I'm like, yeah, but, I mean, you can read through just any book, and then you go back and read it, and you're going to see something that you didn't see the first time. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that you've read the fucking Bible. You know it. Once, once, like, books on tape and, like, YouTube books were, like, a thing... Like, I was able to, like, acquire so much more knowledge as an adult mm-hmm. because, like, there's just something with it about, like, having my hands devoted to the book, mm-hmm. right? And my eyes are devoted to the book. It's like, like, I, I get antsy, man. Like, my 
brain is going a thousand miles an hour all the fucking time. Yeah. So if I don't occupy myself in some regard, I'm going to go insane. <laughs> so like that's why I try to make sure I uh, exercise during the week, like and like lift lift my weights, move my body around in some regard, so I can. It, it, it gets my mind off you know um, there's the the guy the daily stoic he's a youtuber i forget his name it's ryan something um but he's a uh, really big on like you know marcus aurelius and a couple of the uh other like uh, early stoics and they talk about uh, the power of just taking a walk and it's not that it's like oh yeah it's great to be outside and you know exercise but no your body needs movement sometimes mm -hmm. to take its take your mind off of like the thoughts it it doesn't really need to be working on like mm -hmm. so i'll find myself like stuck on like thoughts that i've already had closure on and you know dealt with and i'll like try to like like hey remember these old wounds remember the time you got embarrassed when you were eight years old let's revisit hey remember shame yeah let's dig in that box for a while it's like okay i need to do something like something because my if i just let my mind tell me whatever it wants to do then i don't think it's a good thing i have mm -hmm. to kind of like create my own thoughts in a way. <laughs> sometimes I can't do that so it's like well let me just walk around outside and you know be in the sun and just be like oh my god it's so nice yeah, like, distract yourself yeah and then you feel better afterwards you're like why the fuck was I worked up about getting my ass kicked when I was eight years old <laughs> <laughs> oh well <laughs> shit man <sighs> happens Getting your ass kicked at eight years old? Oh man, that happened a fair amount for me. What did I bring up over here? Right? Someone's gonna bring it up. Sorry, I've got this fucking derailed, dude. <laughs> what were we just talking about? A lot. I mean, we're talking about religion. And yeah, you went. Yeah. To, you went to pee, and we started talking about religion. Yeah. And I don't know. Oh, like uh, the books on tape and whatnot? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm like, I don't know. You talked about five things in 30 dude. seconds. <laughs> Which my, one? My family's even told me before, like, like through some of the crises we've had over the past couple of years, they're like, you talk in circles sometimes, Coulter. I can't understand what you're saying. I wouldn't exactly call it circles, but it's a shape. Oh, my God. It's like a fucking... If, like, the Ouroboros broke, so, right, and now, like, both parts of the snake are alive and conscious and wondering, like, what the fuck is this? You, you speak in dodecahedrons. Yeah, man, that's a good way. I like, I like the, the, the shape and the, the, the word itself, yeah. But it's fun when you have people who can actually keep up with it, though, and they don't mind, and sometimes they can get you back on track. Hell, I got us back on track. I know. No, but, like, like, me and my best friend, like, when we're sitting having, like, conversations, we're, like, all over the place, but... Because, like, our mind just works the same. I don't know, like, that's just kind of, like, why we like each other. I do talk in circles mm -hmm. or shapes, do dodecahedrons or whatever. But I, I think there's a... Uh, some part of my filter is just sort of, like, channeling, like, ideas a lot of times where it's just, like... Yeah, I don't want it to sound pious or anything. But it's kind of like speaking in tongues, but I'm not, like doing that, like, nonsensical, like, yeah, blah, 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 glossolalia type shit. Um, <coughs> that's the actual term for speaking in tongues, by the way, glossolalia. Thank um, you. I know. Thank the Mars Volta. That's the only reason why I know that funky <laughs> word. 
they've they've got they've got a song about like possessed uh, nuns and uh, like uh, uh, devilish priests and whatnot. It's a wild song. It's called Tetragrammaton. It's like eighteen minutes long. Oh, oh, it's a journey. He's doing it again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, with, you know. But yeah, with like books. Audio Yeah, with like books on tape and whatnot. Like, like I can I can absorb so much more, man. And uh, so I'll, I'll try to go back and re-listen to the some of the Gnostic or Gospels or the Na- uh, Nag Hammadi library mm-hmm. texts, and try to let some of the stuff like actually sink in. I think the, the Gospel of Judas is pretty cool because he it's like a uh, He's in on the take, right? That the he's the most intelligent one out of the whole group of disciples. That he's going to carry out the mission. Yeah, yeah. That understands that Christ needs to get caught, and these kind of dudes are like they're great, but they're 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 going to follow along with whatever everybody else goes along with. They don't, they don't really get the bigger picture. But since Judas does, he knows that he has to become a villain in order to get the Romans to actually capture uh, Christ. And he's rewarded with uh, being shamed forever here on Earth, but being like the highest, I think it's called a, a daimon. It's like a, like a jinn or a demon, like a, a demigod, pretty much, over the whole system. So that's his reward, is that, yeah, you're going to be hated here on Earth, and no one will ever believe that what you did was noble, and what uh, what uh, you did was actually my request itself. But I'm going to reward you by you pretty much being like head honcho of uh, this realm of time and space in the afterlife. But he hangs himself. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. So I mean, what, what, okay. So say, let's say he say he does. Right. Say he does. How does that? fall in line with his reward. I don't, uh, don't. I don't know because the Gospel of Judas doesn't address what happens after the fact. It actually ends with and he gave them some money and they took him away. Mm-hmm. And that's how the book ends where he follows through on it. I don't know. I think maybe it's in Mark where it talks about what happens after the fact mm-hmm. with Judas. I could be wrong on that though. But I mean, shit, it could just be that he really fucking hated himself after the fact. You know, everybody hates you. You got all your friends hate you. You, you took the leader of your friends. You turned them over for money. Mm-hmm. You know, you got everybody knowing who you are. Like, I'm just saying, did like, you used to ride with, with, that, with that nut Jesus and now you're, what, you're out here, your crew doesn't even like you? Well, that's what I'm saying because, I mean, like, you know, as... You know, humans, I mean, we do have to deal with those feelings and caught in the now and everything, and it it sucks, and sometimes it can be completely overwhelming, despite, you know, if we know, like, something great is going to be waiting for us. Also knowing, like, you know, suicide being, like, you know, a sin or whatever, like, you know, that's, that's, you just, you don't do that. You're not supposed to take your own life, and if you do, you know, people believe you either go to hell or, you know, you suffer some other way. So, because he knew... But he was supposed to carry out this mission. Mm-hmm. If he did kill himself, does he get that same reward? Well, or I th- does I th- he have to? No, I think that that is it. I think it's saying that because you carry this out, this uh, I think Gnosticism, both Christian and the 
uh, Islamic side of it don't rule out reincarnation or anything. Mm-hmm. Like they talk about like the samsara cycle okay. and that you owe something when you die yeah. and that you're going to come back as something else. May be a person, it may not be a person, but your your essence is not yet determined as far as where it's going to go next. So I think that the foresight, if you're talking about the, what's the word, hi- historicity? Historicity. Historicity of uh, <coughs> Jesus, then playing that into it, it would be, well, because to do this, you have to do an act of evil, and you're going to damn yourself with an act of evil, whether he kills himself or not. He damned himself yeah. with an act of evil. He turned his friend in for money so his friend could die, yeah. even though his friend was like, Go ahead, dude. It's fine. Why don't kill me? <laughs> don't worry. I'll make you a big old prince after you die, and you can rule over all this. Sounds culty as fuck, but if, if you're going to take into consideration the historicity of it, then I would say that that is a way of his redemption. Is like you're going to be pulled from the samsara cycle of judgment whenever you die. And while you will never transcend to where others go, you're going to be in charge of this lesser or lower system. Okay. So, like, in that version, Judas is a victim of the sunk cost fallacy. Mm. I looked it up. That's what it's called. It's the sunk cost fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I already, did, I already came this far. You know? <laughs> okay. Might as well swing from a tree. <laughs> Plus, he was in like his like early thirties too. I know, like I know times were tough back then, but it's like, might want to give it a week. Sleep on it. <laughs> but it's a. Uh, I don't I don't know too much about like, the Nakamati Library as far as um, whether it was unintentionally buried just with time, you know, because I mean, pretty sure it's in the Sahara or next to the Sahara, so. Or maybe it was intentionally buried because a lot of the texts that are in it, they were deemed non-canonical by the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Even though other churches, like uh, Christian churches in uh, Ethiopia and Jewish churches in Ethiopia, recognize some of the books that were in the library, Rome does not. And there's apparently a big war about that whenever it came out as far as um, Invictus, maybe, was his name? I forget. So, somebody was high up in the in the church, like the guy I um, talked about earlier, the Josephus guy, mm-hmm. um, that uh, pretty much came out and said that there are only four Gospels. Anybody that says otherwise is trying to lead you astray with, you know, tomfoolery. Nonsense. You know, fake, yeah, fake, fake, not authentic Gospels. Yet mm-hmm. there's some there in there, like the Gospel of Thomas, which is, I don't think, considered Gnostic, mm-hmm. but it's not uh, it's apocryphal I think that's the term where it's not part of the canon um, that it, it has strikingly striking similarities to two of the other gospels as far as how they're written passages in them where I think the Romans argument was that it was copied and written after the fact based on these two and that's why it's illegitimate hmm. but the other side of the argument is that no it came first and then John and Luke followed it, and that it's just as relevant as the other ones. 
So, plus we didn't even know about this stuff until the 1940s or 60s, something like that. Mm -hmm. Like the Nakamati Library, like it was buried. And they didn't, then they didn't know what it was. They have to translate everything, you know. I think it's still being translated. There's um, the, the the amount of scrolls that they found is like <clears throat> immense. Like they were supposedly they were being copied. Like it was some kind of like uh, a school or some kind of like monastery or something where they're you know part of being a monk back in the day could, when you couldn't just reprint stuff. You know you'd have to copy it over and over mm -hmm. again. So they had like many many copies of the same. Text. Yeah, I think there was like a book or two by Socrates that was it that they had. Oh, like really? Aristotle. Mm. So, one, one of them old Greek fillers, mm. you know, but they had uh, multiple copies of it. Uh, so, like this, yeah, like these these books weren't just like insignificant. Right. You know, what's so what's the, um, the primary difference between what uh, Eastern Orthodox had with uh, Rome and the Vatican? So where did they split? Yeah, um, I think I'm not exactly sure on the date, but like the one of the main things definitely was the um, the the Pope basically. The Hierophant. Well, yeah, like um, so, like in the Gospels, like Peter, like basically the Catholic Church has a hard on for Peter. Like they do, yeah, because he was the it's what's known as the first among equals. He was the first bishop, and you know when and when everybody went off. You know, after the resurrection and ascension, they all went off to their own places. Um, Peter became the bishop of Rome, obviously, and because so there's this there's this one verse where Christ tells Peter, "On this rock I will build my church," and so basically the Catholics interpret that Peter is the rock, and so like the church is built on him. But uh, so he supposedly he's supposed to be just the first among equals. All the bishops, you know, there nobody was above anybody else. And in that same conversation, Christ hands the keys of heaven and hell to Peter. But then, like <clears throat> the next chapter, he goes and does the same thing to all the other apostles. Mm. So the the papistry basically is one, was one huge issue. And this other there is this other issue called the filioque. So it's in the Nicene Creed. Um, something about the spirit coming from the Father. We believe in one God, the Holy, the Mighty, Creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. Uh, oh fuck! I used to say. We used to say that. That's basically <laughs> yeah. that every that's Sunday. Basically, the, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They still recite it in Catholic and Orthodox churches, <clears throat> but the filioque literally translates to "and from the Son." So it was the idea that the Holy Spirit comes from the Father through the son or no <clears throat> yeah from the father through the son in the spirit that's the orthodox uh, re recitation of the creed but the from the father and the son was the catholic interpretation mm. and so there was a huge falling out over that and the implications of that like kind of um, echo through the theology of the two churches right. and and it like kind of has a butterfly effect that like changes a bunch of like the what you call Christology, like the the um, who Christ was and how he was God, you know. Right. So, and I don't. There's like it's such a nuanced and um, like in depth topic. I really don't know much about it, but I know that those were the two main things that they split over. Right. Well, one of the things I always I always thought was that it the. Belief of whether or not 
Jesus was historically accurate was mm. not in, important. Mm. And I also didn't think that the way the Catholic Church fetishized his death, mm. like the way he murdered and like, like, oh, that's the important part because he suffered through all that. Mm. It's mm. like, I, I don't think so. Like, I think the important part is what he talked about, mm. right? Like his, his teachings. And that didn't seem to echo through a lot of people. It's just like, well, well, no, you can, he had a lot to say, but if, I mean, he died on that cross so you could go like into heaven. It wasn't possible scientifically before they killed him. It's like, that doesn't make fucking sense, man. What makes sense is that that there was this really holy person that had such knowledge, like a shaman would, mm-hmm. that was able to teach people enough about how this shit works and be like, hey, you know, if you make it better for people that are around you, it's going to be better for you in the long run. Mm-hmm. And like that there's there's more to this than just suffering, that there is something significant about you and about the choices that you make. And it seems like a simple concept. Well, I mean, it's it's um it's very uh, Confucian-esque or conf- Confucian in in a way because I mean the the golden rule is uh, you know somewhat like what's taught in Confucianism. Yeah. You know, you don't you don't want to do something to somebody that you don't want them doing to you. Even if people do wicked things to you, you shouldn't do that to other people. That's that's the correct way of how to live life. Mm-hmm. Like so, I think that the Christ was absolutely correct on how you treat people, and I don't think that a lot of people take that into consideration no. nowadays. And again, like we touched on earlier, you know, like the the word Christian itself has connotations to it, negative and or positive. There are connotations that are polarizing to that word. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, it's a trigger word for a lot of people. <coughs> and, you know, maybe it should be in a certain regard. You know, it's one thing I always liked about Eddie Bravo, uh, aside from his bravado and brash nature to just say whatever, was when he talked about how when he was younger he didn't, he didn't give a shit about, like, family values or anything, mm-hmm. but then... He got older, and he's like, yo, if you don't give a fuck about family values, like, there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something inherently, like, wrong with you. And, like, you know, kids want to rebel and whatnot, but, like, family values are important. Like, this, you know, as most Abrahamic religions really teach at their core, you know, like, th- this is a, a really special and awesome place, and you should be kind to one another so you can make the most of it, mm-hmm. you know? I think that's important. Absolutely. I think the um, talking about the significance of the death, you know, being the focus, like mm-hmm. especially like in the like from the Catholic point of view, they focus on the suffering. You know, you look at a movie like The Passion. You right. know, Mel Gibson's Catholic. You know, so it's a very brutal, very gory depiction of what happened. But like, so like the what you won't hear about in Protestant churches, especially, is of why the death was significant. You know, they're all he died for your sins. So you know, blah blah blah. The, the real significance of the death and resurrection is, well, before the resurrection, there was the descent. So, like, when Christ died, he went down to Hades and, like, preached to all the Old Testament, you know, all the Old Testament saints, you right. know, all the people who died before the resurrection. Because, mm-hmm. like, what are they supposed to do? They're just like, what about us? <laughs> yeah, stuck in ghost town. So like, so, like, so, like, the whole idea of Christ incarnated as a human. So, like, if you go all the way back to the fall in Eden... There was no death before the fall. 
after the fall, death was introduced into creation, mm-hmm. right? So Christ incarnating as a human form sanctified the human form as a as a like a re like a correction of the fall. So when he died, he descended into Hades and sanctified the the place we all go when we die. You know right. What I mean? Ghost town. Uh, right. Yeah. So like and also and was also kind of like a trick on the devil. Like the devil's like yeah, if they kill God, then I'll have him. Well, he got down there and basically, like, Neo bursted out of the agent. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, I'm here, bitch. Like, what now? You know? And uh, deuces. And then, you know, the uh, resurrection and ascension was like, it's kind of like, um, so like in the Orthodox view, there is not there is no heaven and hell. Like the, the, what most people call heaven is actually like the remade earth. Like when people, you know, the, everyone's resurrected and the world's made anew and the concept of hell that everybody thinks of like is the same so like the river of life in heaven is the river is the lake of fire in hell so like the people who like refuse to participate in like what's called theosis where you participate with God in like the creation and stuff the people who refuse that are the people who suffer from the same thing that the, like the saints are like um, rejuvenated mm, by that makes sense so it's like there's no like a place in the clouds where we go you know it's like no it's here it's just it goes from the fallen way that it is that it is now is re-sanctified and becomes all good where there's no more death and no more suffering et right. except for the quote quote unquote the damned you know mm-hmm. so like that as far as like being focused on the death like from the Catholic point of view, doesn't make any sense because it's like, look at the blood, you know, like it, yeah, it's gory as fuck. Yeah, but from another, I mean, I liked it as a kid because I was like, this is metal as fuck, right? dude. Like, but but from a, another view, it's like it's called Christ Victor, mm-hmm. where he actually defeats death by dying. So, I think that's we may have talked about this before. I know you and I've talked about it before about like you know, like Sisyphus is is Saturn. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the clock, time itself. Right. right. Time always wins. Mm-hmm. So even biology, biology is a slave to time itself because mm-hmm. it's it's atomic. Everything entropy yeah. after a while. But if you're beyond the third dimension, you're you're beyond that aspect of time, mm-hmm. right? So like, you should. I think what was it? Maybe Pasquale's dilemma. You sh- you should live as if God exists, right? You mm-hmm. know, and. Especially with that whole concept of the world made anew, right? Mm-hmm. And if it's especially outside of time, then, well, yeah, if you're stuck in miserable circumstances mm-hmm. for what you've made for yourself and the life you've led, you know, not not by not accepting guilt, by not, uh, she said, uh, participating in the creative process, mm-hmm. you know, contributing to earth itself that's going to be miserable for you I, I'd wager that's probably I've, I've been talking about this for a few episodes now but like paranormal videos on YouTube mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll get rabbit holes in them especially if like it's just amateur footage like sometimes where it's it's not ghost hunters or anything it's just weird shit happening in people's houses you know but there is one where it's um they they started interacting with it and then, you know, they start filming it and of course like it intensifies with the more attention you seem to give it. So by the end of it, it was over a couple of months, all this footage 
this figure manifests in the middle of their living room that has like the body of like a woman but it's not a person mm -hmm. and you see it reach out and extend its arm and the door opens and then it just dissipates like back into like the shadows and whatnot create your but own hell there's a couple of others where it's like uh, baby monitors where mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like yo there's uh, something activity going on in the baby room and they're like well here's our baby we're at target with the whole family do we have an intruder and no it's like a face that's in the room like looking at the camera smiling that's like what the fuck is that like uh, I saw this one where like this baby was in its uh, little um, playpen or whatever and something like you know just whatever being a baby and then out of nowhere it just falls down like it looked like it got pushed mm. there's nothing there and it just like starts crying and like I mean you could kind of see something I mean because it, it doesn't look like the baby just like you know fell over like it was aggressively like pushed right mm -hmm. and like some of this stuff because it's like potato quality video if you try to fake it, it it's it's really noticeable mm -hmm. you know because it's like I mean come on man like you forgot to put the dude's pants back on like there's there's like a <laughs> yeah. there's like an alien abduction video that was going around the past week and it's like two people sitting by a pool and all of a sudden there's like like old school NASA beams of light from like Apollo 16 footage and the woman disappears and the chairs are knocked over and the guy's like wandering around like where did she go but they forgot to render in his pants so whenever he falls back you just see another shot that they stamped in of the poolside empty mm. with no people on it uh, okay <laughs> you know like like uh like a so layer like floating shop say what so he's just like floating through the scene yeah yeah so it's like you know they they forgot to uh put it underneath that layer so mm. the top layer is actually the uh the still image of uh, the, the poolside with no chairs on it that they had gotten from earlier. Right. And it's like, bro, okay, so even if the beams of light will say they're real, you know, it's like horrible like CGI, like <laughs> with, with like paint, uh, paint shop or uh, paintbrush and Microsoft paint and whatnot. But some of this stuff, I, I wonder, I know noodle talking again, um, but like with some of these ghosts and whatnot, it's like, well, maybe that's that's where they're at now, mm -hmm. and like that's because you can't uh, accept what you've done, right? Mm -hmm. It's I th maybe it's in the uh, uh, Gospel of Thomas, maybe not, but there's one where it's somewhere else, right? It's like after death, and someone is not allowed to go any further, mm -hmm. and they're they said they're in this room facing their, their three judges or judges judges <laughs> you got three judges here <laughs> and that they're um, they're furious with, with these you know with these gods about like you know you know I've done nothing wrong like like why why have you know you're not allowing me to go any further what's what's the meaning of this and they start pulling up the souls of all the people that they hurt and never made better and one by one, the person like realizes what they've done, and then psh, they shoot them back down to earth to get carnated again. Mm. Presumably carnated again, either that or to go to the ghost town and think about like what all they've done, what, whatever it may be. I think the the mythological stuff that is 
kind of like the DMT realm or the psilocybin realm that yeah. you'll tap into whenever you're on psychedelics. I, I think that that is a part of what happens uh, after you die. I don't think it's the totality of things because it's it's like six dimensional and beyond. You know, <laughs> so like I can't grasp all of it, but <clears throat> I know that there's enough there for things to come through, right? And I know that there's enough paranormal videos of things existing, whether they're in the woods or people's houses or on CCTVs of buildings and urban areas. There's things we don't know about that seem to be in the darkness or not visible at all to the naked eye. I don't know why you talking about that reminds me of, you know, Beetlejuice, you know, after they died or whatever, and she tried leaving the house, she tried mm-hmm. going out the door, and she couldn't. Yeah. They, they couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's where... What, what, what is it? Is it exit? Or this exit? It's like... Um, it's, it's like a famous story. I don't know if Dante wrote it or somebody, but it's like last exit, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like three people in a room and it's it's hell and like there's they're stuck in this room and they like i think have to like keep repeating it over and over again they figure out like that they're in hell and that's like lost you're talking about lost oh yeah <laughs> oh, my, yeah fucking disappointment wow. of show that was i didn't finish it i, didn't, I think i, I got into either. like maybe the fourth season or something like that i got my friend taco got me into it it was um because he was like he's like he's like lost last season is you know coming out in a couple months like you excited like i've, I've never seen it before he's like you never seen lost well here have have all these dvds you guys are gonna love it and so like like we did my friends uh, alec and eric and i we just started from the first episode we're like holy shit yeah. this shit's yeah. fucking wild yeah. dude really six good. seasons first. later what was the smoke monster though <laughs> and yeah like then at the end Spoiler alert, the twist they have at the end has nothing to do with the bigger story. The twist is only about that last season. Mm. Like, and it's like, okay, so what, what about all this other stuff? Because, so yeah, they're, they're in hell, right? But it's only relevant to the last season's events, right? So well, like, Were they actually in hell? I never watched it. <laughs> no, no, it has nothing to do with the island being hell. What, what it is, is this is, um, throughout the series, they would have um, sometimes flashbacks, sometimes flash forwards, mm-hmm. sometimes it would be like, some characters are off the island, and they're like, they remember the island, they're talking about it, they're like, we have to get back to the island, and yet they're still on the island. Mm-hmm. So like weird stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? So in the last season, they have one of these where it's like a flash forward, it seems like, right? But the characters, they don't know each other in the, in this flash forward. So what it is, is that this is their afterlife. In their afterlife, they all meet back up together again. And they have to remember the island and remember, like, yeah, that they're dead. So they can go on to the next realm of existence together. It doesn't explain dick all what, what happened on the island. <laughs> what? It doesn't explain, like, so wow. everything that leads up to this, they're just like, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the island was weird and pretty trippy, right? But we're going to focus on your all's afterlife and how deep and meaningful that can be. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, cool, but what the fuck was six that? seasons. Six seasons well, of island. What the fuck was the Dharma Initiative? <laughs> so it's like at the, at the end, it's like most characters die and some get oh. off the island. 
And that's the end of the island story. That's the end of the island story. Huh. What happens next in the story is after all of them have died and that they're meeting each other again for the first time on another realm of existence, on a plane, headed to some place. Good Lord. What? So, okay. anyway, sorry to de- derail you. This last exit story. <laughs> no, I mean, I was rant about loss. I know more about that than this last exit, exit. But it's it's been a while since I had read. We had to read it in high school. Um, they they didn't like the goddamn it stuff, but anything that was like old school. Mm. So like uh, it was like a, was it uh, Inferno and uh, I think Paradise Lost. We let, read stuff from that. Some stuff from Shakespeare. Then we read a book called I Am the Cheese. I can't remember anything from that book though. <laughs> I just, that t- that does sound familiar though. It's about a boy. He had a bicycle, and I'm only remembering that because of the cover of the book <laughs> I can't remember anything from that story at all. I mean, I got an A in English, so I guess that says something. But yeah, the the there's a few other stories that are kind of like that about like getting to the next spot and not really knowing like like where am I? What is what is this place? There is one, maybe it's um. It's a horror story. I think maybe it's this guy Neil Gaiman. Maybe <laughs> gay man. Neil Gay Man. Neil Gay Man. This is a Catholic church. <laughs> um, but it was like uh, this guy gets to hell, and there's this thing that's his torture, and it like introduces itself, and it has no eyes, no genitals. It's emaciated. Its skin droops from it. Its hair is all ripped out. And over the course of it, torturing it, he becomes this thing. Uh, and then the <clears throat> next person comes oh, in. Oh, shit. <laughs> very Twilight Zone. Kind of sounds yeah. like a Clive Barker story mm. or something. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that shit's fucking cool, though. I, th- I think that at some point there was such a... Uh, kind of like how um, allegedly there's like folks in the military mapping out the DMT realm, mm-hmm. right? Like, to scientifically map out other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Mind-boggling. Because <laughs> the only way to do that is to go there. So they're, like, intravenously having, like, long DMT sessions and then having folks, I guess, interpret what they see. They're, Sounds fun. Well, they're, they can map out, like, stuff to AI now as well. Like, you know, 3D environments, you know. Uh, within like probably the next year or two you'll have consumer available software that will be text to video and not like cheap rendered gifs or anything but like you'll be able to like type out a movie and have the movie come to life so if that's at a consumer level within the next year or two think about what people with real power and real technology have access to yeah scary tad bit so I would I would think that some of these old cultures and religions that have survived like our like archaic Americans uh, use of uh, ayahuasca to you know have a DMT experience I would think that at some point in history we had that mapped out without using like any of the modern 
digital technology that we have, but just through the human experience, the same way they were able to map out the sky and mm-hmm. start predicting systems with that, that they were probably also mapping out the heavens as well. Mm. So that's where I was going, yeah. <laughs> See that? Coming soon, the seventh layer of hell and beyond. <laughs> there was... Dear. There's one, I think it's in the Gospel of Thomas, where um, Jesus says that the interpretation is wrong, that the kingdom of heaven is not already coming, or is not coming, it's already here. Mm-hmm. That there, there is nothing on its way, that it's within all of us and here on earth. I think that's in the canonical Gospels. It's, is it? It's, well, it's like one verse, and it's like, the kingdom of heaven is in your midst, or the kingdom mm-hmm. is at hand, something like that. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of Heaven is at hand is in is in the canonical. I know because it's a line in the movie Clue. <laughs> there's, there's a Bible salesman who shows up and he's actually a fed. <laughs> of course. Yeah, because spoiler alert for those who haven't seen the 1986 masterpiece of Clue. <laughs> but in one of the three endings, the uh, the killer is Mr. Green, who is a fed. And the Bible salesman shows up because the other feds are outside waiting for him to kill Mr. Body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I missed he, uh, out on all that one. Yeah. In uh, another ending, the uh, Miss Peacock is uh, the murderer. And uh, she walks outside thinking she's got away with it. And the Bible salesman comes up. He's like, oh, Mrs. Peacock. And she's like, how did you know my name? Like the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and then pulls his gun out. <laughs> she, <laughs> they arrest her. What the hell? So corny. <sighs> it just it stuck in there. Yeah, we got about like three hours on this motherfucker. Well, oh, yeah. that's, that's good. Derailed as it was. Thank you so much for coming and uh, uh, sitting and being back on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Any any wise uh, uh, or unwise parting words? Um, no. Well put. <laughs> me either. Ted, pleasure as always. Sir. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me as always. Oh, dude. It's a two-man show. Later, y'all.